on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will do their best to keep the fandos entertained as they head into a dead period of active Star Wars shows to discuss. Fear not, they'll riff on some words from Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni about the Star Wars movieverse and who will be the big bad in his film. They'll also go over a ton of new updates for the upcoming Star Wars series such as Jude Law's Han Solo as Jedi and Skeleton Crew, Who's Who and the Acolyte, and the rumored title of Filoni's film. Fans of Urkel will also have something to get excited for out on this week's broadcast. And of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of Top High featured Star Wars artists. Punch it, Chewie. everybody hey look at you you and you and you and you and me and nick that's right no special guests this week you're just getting the unfiltered the original matt and nick or some like to say nick and matt you never know depends on the type of fan we're dealing with but we're here and, and boy oh boy we've made it we finally made it to the day of no content outside of generic news bits to riff on so you never know where this show will go. Uh, I would like to say it's going to be a shorter one, but usually when we do that, we curse ourselves and we're here for at least three hours. But uh, we'll see how things play out. We got some skeleton crew, Acolyte, Filoni, Kennedy, Tyka, all sorts of updates from the Empire magazine that dropped last week. And our buddy Tones hooked us up with some insights because they get it first over there in the UK. So we're going to parse through that issue. Some, you know, Nick, some interesting comments made by the Lucasfilm brass, by Filoni, and by the creators of, of, of shows like The Acolyte and, and Skeleton Crew. So uh, things that got me a little excited, other things, it's like, all right, okay, Lucasfilm, whatever you say, we'll be there if it actually shows up in theaters, but until you get us a trailer... I'm pretty sure none of us, even the diehards at this point, really believe that we're getting Star Wars movies anytime soon. I just I just refuse to believe it. So, yeah, that's what we'll get into. Who knows? I mean, it, I, I would say if time permits, we could play the Matt Mando game, but Nick's got his room all packed up because he's getting ready to head to head to his new palace. So that's not going to to happen today. So we'll roll through it. Uh, you know how we usually do? We like to top a little talk, or not top, talk a little pop culture. Unfortunately, neither of us have been popping, at least since last week. I mean, last week I wanted to, to, to do my ditty on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but, you know, we had that great interview with Max and Tim from um, Jazzwares, the Micro Galaxy Squadron team, so that kind of got put to bed. At this point, it's worthless talking about. I, I really did enjoy it. And I recommend seeing it even if you've been off the MCU train because this one finally feels, if anything, we're, we're like authentic GOTG from James Gunn. Uh, nice little end to the trilogy. Like it, it does feel like a true ending. So we'll leave it at that. The only other thing, Nick, I, I just, you'll, you'll laugh. I have two stories that are kind of, one's a payoff on, on a years old tale that, that took place right here on this simple little show. 
And the other is just an example of my extreme FOMO in life when it comes to not only toy collecting, my friends, because I know a lot of you that listen to this are are collectors. This this comes to gaming in a particular franchise that for whatever reason in life, I always feel I need to play it. I play it, but I never finish it. (laughs) So, Nick. This weekend, starting on Friday, all right, if you're a Nintendo fan or or a worshiper of the Zelda, we all know what this Friday was. It was the release of uh, Tears of the Kingdom, the the, uh, sequel to Breath of the Wild, now the second official Zelda game for Switch. And listen, if you listen to the show, you know that I barely game anymore because of whatever. These days, it's mostly I just want to be a good dad. I'm doing, you know, I'm building fucking decks, reworking basements. So game time's been limited uh, but, but hey, I, I, I love games and, and I do. I am a Nintendo fan. You gotta, you understand. I, I was born in 80. So my first introduction to video games was the NES. I'm always going to have a soft spot for Nintendo, even if, you know, their brand of gaming, Nick, right? It's kind of stayed in the kids to nostalgia type of, of genre yeah. where, you know, you're not playing on a Nintendo to to play Jedi Survivor or the latest FPS. You're playing to feel like you did when you were a kid, or if you're a kid, obviously your parents are showing you what they did when they were little. So, to make a long story short, I've known for years that Tears of the Kingdom was coming out this Friday, and all along, I'm like, fuck, why? I'm not gonna get that. I love Zelda. I haven't even beat Breath of the Wild yet. I've done every single thing you could do. Probably sunk 80 to 100 hours into it, but I refused to beat the game because I just got lazy and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to go after Ganon. And Nick, that's kind of been my Zelda life. I love the franchise. Love it. I, I get the 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 rabidness behind it. I get why people were lined up on Friday to get collector's editions. But for some reason, and I don't know if you're the same with this franchise, I can't complete Zelda games. I want to play them. I feel the FOMO. I'll, I'll bend over backwards to get them, but then I don't complete them. I think I've only beat Zelda 1 in A Link to a Past. <laughs> a Link to the Past from SNES. Any other Zeldas, it's like, yeah, this is great, great, great. So many hours, and then, you know what, fuck it. I'm, I'm just done. So, with all that in mind... Okay, here's an asshole who doesn't beat Zelda games. There's a track record. Here's an asshole who already had a Switch. Here's an asshole who just spent lots of money to put in a new deck and a gazebo and a, and a, a new front door and putting a, you know getting the basement worked on so it doesn't leak anymore. And what do I decide to do last Friday, Nick? With all this game. shit going on, a two-week vacation coming up. Not only did I buy the Zelda game, Nick... Not only did I get the game, I had to get the fucking Tears of the Kingdom custom OLED switch. Riddle me that, fucking Batman. You're talking to a guy who hasn't played his own switch for two fucking years. But for some FOMO-ass reason, last Friday, because of Zelda and other friends getting Zelda, I'm like, hey, you know what? The kiddo's starting to play the switch. That means... Dad needs a new one. So, yeah, there's the reason. I'm going to buy the Zelda Switch. So, I've got a new Switch. It's the Tears of the Kingdom. I've got Tears of the Kingdom, and I haven't even started it yet. So, yay for me. Fuck money, right? It's not real. Who needs it anyways? I hate my life. Okay? So, that's, that's story one. And th- this is a lesson, my friends. Don't be me. 
I knew exactly what I was doing Friday. I knew I was essentially spending $400 just to feel good. Okay? That's not normal, all right? That is not normal. I haven't even played the fucking game yet that made me buy a goddamn console to get it, mm-hmm. okay? So, I'm a jerk off. Second story, Nick, and you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this one. Do you remember the tale of Darth Matt the Wise in toy photography in particular? TLJ Luke, yeah. who got thrown <laughs> off the house. All right, so you, you remember that tale, okay? So if you're new here, when I used to be in the thick of toy photography, I, uh, I don't have a lot of patience, okay? I've got holes in my desk now. I've got knife stabs in my desk. And uh, one of the shoots, I was outside working with the SH Figure Arts TLJ Luke, the, one, the like Force Ghost Luke, where he shows up and talks shit to Ben. Okay, and, and you know, it's going great. I'm like, Luke, hit that pose. You're looking good, looking good. Smile for me, buddy. I'm like, snap, 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 snap. And I'm like, you know what? I need to change your hands. Okay, I want to I change up the pose a little bit. So I take the fucking hand off. And I'm like, all right, there's a little peg. I'm just going to put it back on. Lo and behold, this little cocksucker would not go on. You know, I, I, I start deep breathing techniques. It's still not going on. It, it, you know, I'm like getting a little more frustrated, jamming it a little bit more. The peg's bending over. You, you toy collectors know what I'm talking about. And then after, I don't know, five minutes of this, that was enough for my brain. And the rage kicked in. I took this $90 figure in my hand, wound up, and gave it my best Nolan Ryan impression off the side of my house, causing his face to explode. The attachable face exploded off, went flying into my yard, and I could never find it. Five years later, I look, Nick, it's been five fucking years. (laughs) Five years later, going through all this deck work, you know, we ripped up my deck. I, I did. I looked for it. Nothing. This weekend, out of the fucking blue, dude, I'm walking in my yard. I walk under my kid's slide and I look down I'm like, and I was just, I was picking up trash from, from deck building. And I look down, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, is she throwing out plastic now? Like, <laughs> you know, what a fucking heathen. And I pick it up. I'm like, hold on, hold on. I think I know what this is. I, these little three pegs. It, and I turn around, Luke! Luke! I found Luke's fucking face! Five years later, not even remotely in the location where I thought it would be. (laughs) God knows how long it's been sitting under this slide completely exposed, dude. So I don't know if, like, an animal came in and and drug it out of the deck once we had it opened up. Or water over time slowly pushed it down through, you you know, (laughs) grating in my yard. Sorry, I just swallowed my face. But I I found Luke's face. I mean, he looks a little weathered. Okay, it's aged a little bit. His hair may have turned all white, but five years later, TLG Luke's face has been recovered. Okay, thank you. Nice, nice, nice. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, that's just I cannot believe I was like, you got to be kidding me. How does this show up now? And I I, I should have brought him down the show off, but I'm an asshole. So there you go. Lots of stupid stuff for me this weekend. Deck's just about done. It's awesome. I love it. I'll be living outside this summer. Just need some stairs thrown up and some fascia to to protect it. So there's my updates, my friend. I know, Nick, you, you saw you and Taylor went to go see uh, Renfield, right? Yeah, uh, it was it was decent. I would say if you're squeamish, don't go see it because uh, it's just like it's it's just nothing but like blood and gore from the moment it starts until basically the moment it ends. Um, it's, I mean, it's a fun ish movie. 
Uh, it's about it's only an hour and thirty three minutes, so it's like short, fast to get through. Gotta dig that. Um, Gotta dig that. There's probably not as much Nicolas Cage in it as you would imagine that there would be from the trailers. It mostly focuses on Nicholas Holt's character of Renfield, and then kind of Cage pops in as Dracula every now and then. Um, some of the special effects are definitely uh, bad, but I mean, if you're a fan of Nicolas Cage and you like gratuitous violence, go ahead and check that out. Uh, that is a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a quick movie in a, in a movie landscape where shit that comes out in the theaters now is like at minimum two hours and 10 minutes, uh, a nice 93 minute jaunt feels kind of good. So, uh, yeah, you're not kidding, dude. I, I used to never really get concerned about movie times at a theater, but these days it does seem like everything's got to be two twenty, two and a half. Yeah. It's, you know, two forty five. I think guardians is like two and a half, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm getting old. Like I just, I don't, I don't feel like worrying about peeing yeah. anymore. You know, like, like the, the, the peeing is more frequent these days, which, you know, I've always had a fucked up prostate, which means it, it's going to be even worse now that I'm getting into those years. So I'm with you, dude. Uh, 90 minute run times, it, it seems to be the sweet spot, maybe hour 45 at the most. But these days I'm, I'm a sub two hour movie guy myself. It's just, I mean, some movies, you know, require you to be a little bit longer. Other ones don't. And I think that that editors have just gotten to the point to where they're just they just don't cut as much as they should anymore. Um. Yeah, so check out Renfield if you're just like a general fan of kind of like horror comedies and stuff like that. Um, also, uh, we could do... I think that's on streaming now too, Nick. I, Lots of shit just hit yeah. streaming today. I think Super Mario hit streaming. I know Renfield's out there. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I think it is out there like on Vudu for, for those of you who have Vudu and, and don't want to hit the theaters, you can definitely watch it at home. Um, I guess one other thing that we could do is do the announcement for the name of our uh, D&D special. Yeah, yeah, good. See, uh, stupid minds think alike. I, I was going to say, before we get into our topics, why don't you uh, kind of recap what happened? Uh, well, hey, do what you got to do. Yeah, so, so you're, you're the fucking, you're, you're the Lord, the overlord with this one. So have at yeah, it. Yeah, so we did our uh, our episode one for our Star Wars time show D&D special. Uh, last Thursday. So this is with Jared and Trevor, yes. a.k.a. Sir Dork and One Six Shooter. Yes, Jared and Trevor are our players. Uh, we did our episode one on Thursday, and I came up with a name for it. The name for the show is going to be Scoundrels of the New Republic. So not only do you get a name, but you also get a time period reveal. So for those of you who have been interested in that, uh, our tale will take place in the New Republic. We are going to do episodic releases for the first two, actually, um, on, let's see, the 23rd, which is next Tuesday. Uh, Matt and I are going to be on a bit of a break as I move into my home and Matt's on vacation. Um, so we are going to release uh, episode one on the 23rd. And then on the 30th, I'm going to be in New Orleans for my brother's wedding. Um, and Matt is going to take, I, I believe Matt's still on vacation that day too. So, uh, Fuck yeah, dude, two, two weeks, weeks vacation, baby. Roll. Uh, we deserve it. Uh, so while we are out, we will also be releasing, uh, episode zero, which is the, the <laughs> yeah! first session. That the prequel. Was- you motherfuckers are getting a prequel already. Yeah. George Lucas. I mean, it took him decades to give you a prequel. <laughs> You're going to get a prequel right after you get episode one next week. So So you guys strap in. 
the last two weeks of this month, the upcoming two weeks, no Star Wars time show proper, but you will be getting the first two episodes of Scoundrels right. of the New Republic. Uh, that'll be dropping. Yeah, we we, we, we don't fuck around here. We, we don't leave our fans feeling naked while we're gone. We, we don't even just give you replays to listen to. You're going to be getting fresh content that only myself, Nick, Jared, and Trevor have experienced. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, b- bear with us. These first two episodes, you got to understand, we only have one player that knows what the fuck's going on, and that's Nick. So, uh, y- you know, we we break character often <laughs> to, you know, ask technical questions and, and whatnot. Well, I guess Trevor should. I'm I uh, I'm pretty method. Uh, you can ask Nick and, and Jared and Trevor probably to a fault with with my character type. Uh, but it, it's it's been a good time. We, we're learning each episode. Uh, this is going to be theater of mind type of stuff. So, you know, it's going to be something to listen to from the Star Wars Time Show boys over the next two weeks as we're we're taking a break. So Nick's not wrong. You'll be getting the YouTube version like we usually do on Tuesdays. I'll unlock those. And then uh, if I can peel myself off off the sand, we'll probably post out the podcast version of the scoundrels of the new Republic on Wednesdays. So our, our normal cadence will still be in place, but no lives, no star Wars time show for the next two weeks. I know we, we probably shouldn't even tell you we should play it like the Stern show and just never (laughs) tell anyone when he's leaving the air. Um, but just to let you know that that's, what's coming down the pipe. So you're going to have some content, which I am um, excited for. Yeah. So, uh, share it with your friends, leave comments on the videos and let us know what you think. Uh, this is something that's that's fun for us to do. The people, you know, Matt and Trevor and Jared have been enjoying yourselves from what I can see. So hopefully the the fan base likes it. It's a fun little adventure uh, for us to be able to. Yeah, just here's a teaser. I play someone that gets animated, angry, and has a short fuse, so it's not too far from <laughs> who I play in real life. Yeah, okay, yeah, so a, I picked I picked the perfect character for a myself. Version of himself, you could say. But yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> all of the just a, a little bit more hair, a little bit yeah, more hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is definitely true. So it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. This this little adventure for to see how our our players learn yeah. the game and then also how they learn to work with each other over time. So be a good time. <laughs> or not, or not work with each other. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll give you some rejected names and we'll move on because I, I came up with these and Nick's like, shit, someone was stuck on trying to match Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, well, yeah, I'm stupid. So <laughs> the, the, my first attempt was canyons and crate dragons. Then I was like, hey, fuck it. I'll stick with the great dragons. I went space dungeons and crate dragons, <laughs> then republics and rancors, and then finally bunkers and beasts. And, and I agree with Nick. All those are pretty dumb. So luckily he he spit out the scoundrels of the new republic, which may or may not reflect the actual narrative of our adventure. How's that? Yeah. So there you go. If you guys are, are, are fans of D and D, if you've watched (laughs) or listened to D and D live plays like critical role, dungeons, daddies, uh, dimension 20, stuff like that. Check it out. Obviously I'm not as good of him as those, uh, professional guys, but I do my best. Yeah. I I was going to say Nick's Nick's just kind of giving you an idea of what we're trying to do. I'll tell you right now, we're, we're about 3% of what they're doing. Okay. That we're still new here. I don't know shit. Jared didn't know shit. Trevor knows enough to kind of get himself in trouble. 
So Nick is our, our, our leader here. He's the DM. And really, you should listen just to hear the story he is writing. If anything else, just listen to Nick. Drown the rest of us bozos out and listen to Nick's story. Because he's got a good one. Like the guy, you know, he sets the stage. He he does a good job being the DM, the narrator, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Okay? So that, that'll be starting next week, the 23rd. And then uh, again on the 30th. That's how it works, right? 23 plus 7. Yeah, I think that checks out. Uh, and then we'll be back in, I hate to even say this, but technically three weeks back as, as the duo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it's but, but be luckily, one of I mean, longer mid year breaks that we've ever taken, I think. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is the first time we've done something like this and I, I know it's not that big of a deal because what the tens of you are going to be like, oh, sweet. We'll, we'll just wait. But, uh, you know, we, we typically don't like leaving for two weeks in a row. That's why we decided to drop the scoundrels of the new Republic content. Uh, just made sense. So we may start doing those live. You never know. I, I have maybe a few more practice sessions. And once we're really into it, maybe we get some artwork. Hint, hint, anyone, any artists out there that we could potentially ask for help or even commission for a, a f- friendly fee, let us know. Because we, we'd like to deck out some character art and, and potentially some more detailed backdrops that would make sense for next story. All right. So good times there. And again, if you're not someone that ever did D&D, I still recommend you you give it a shot because that's me. Um, I'll, I'll admit, I used to be the first one like oh, Dungeons and Dragons, those fucking nerd dorks. And it's actually really cool. It, it's it's video gaming in, in real life. You know what I mean? So um, give it a, give it a go. Give it a go. All right, dude, real quick before we get into our topics, we just got a PSA out here. I don't know if everyone saw this drop this week. Uh, but good news, or at least for us that still enjoy Star Wars and The Mandalorian, we're getting the Disney Gallery for The Mandalorian Season 3 on June 28th. Uh, so that should be interesting, it, like I said, at least for all of us, but this guy, Bill Albert, on Twitter, who says, Considering how bad Season 3 was, I really won't waste time watching it. Okay, and Aaron Craig does have a good question, and Nick, I wonder why this never happened. Maybe it's a Tony thing, but Aaron Craig's saying, still waiting on the Andor gallery, and, and he's right. Like, why <laughs> Why is Andor the one Star Wars series that didn't get a, hell, one Disney, all the Marvel series get them too. Why did Andor not get a BTS? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably something that Tony worked into his contract, because that's probably part of, like, contract <laughs> negotiation. No one followed me around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're probably I, I right. It's probably like, listen, I'm Tony Gilroy. It's going to be great. Don't fucking film me while I'm doing it or it won't be great. Fuck you. I'm Tony. Right. Something like that. Uh, that's that. That has to. Yeah. I mean, that makes the most sense to me. Tony said no is, is what happened. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants and I, I love I mean, sometimes we should just do a show reading people's comments on a Star Wars post. We do that. Uh, that yeah, it, the fan segment. Yeah. <laughs> should fix making of book of boba fett while you're at it should be a special not a series like do you see the shit people worry about in their daily lives like so, someone literally is is so upset they took the time to comment to say hey you should call book of boba fett a special not a series like and now we're hello? reading them oh so- hello <laughs> all right let's talk about everyone's favorite lucasfilm employee Kathleen Kennedy. Okay. So a lot of this stuff we're going to be going over in in this uh, week's episode of the SWTS comes courtesy of Empire, uh, vis-a-vis our boy Tones across the pond. 
And, uh, it, you know, we're going to spend some time on on the movie verse because they, they sat down with Kathleen and Dave and kind of talked about some of the celebration reveals. And and, and while I, I wouldn't say you got any meat on the announced projects, we did get some updates on the the ghost projects that are kind of sitting out there. And it, it sounds like, at least in Kathy's head, that these things are all still real, viable and, and could happen, if not are going to happen. All right. So. Uh, she touched on Ryan Johnson's trilogy. I know that's a trigger for a lot of people that get a little too upset about Star Wars movies, but here's what she had to say. Ryan and I talk all the time. He just keeps getting more and more successful, and he keeps moving things back further and further. One day, we'll figure this out. Nick, I, I think what she says is, uh, Ryan is way bigger than he was when we had him locked down and now we're never going to be able to lock him down again. And why would he want to come back to this franchise considering how most of you treat him in his personal life now? Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think that at this point, like I, I just expect the Ryan Johnson trilogy to not happen. And you know, if it happens, it's a pleasant surprise. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't, uh, I'm not surprised by it. He's got his own series that he's built, you know, with his. Yeah, I mean, he essentially partner. has created his own Star Wars now. Yeah. I mean, it's not science fiction, but Knives Out is a fucking thing. Yeah, uh, I think there isn't there like a TV spinoff coming. I, I'm sure they're going to do another movie. Uh, so, I mean, what's his motivation when, when you can play in your own sandbox instead of one that, you know, is going to have guardrails. And if you even bump up against the guardrails, you're going to get your head ripped off by half of the fan base. So, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't think Ryan sits around and worries about the fucking trolls of the world, but he is a human, Nick. And you'd have to wonder, like, is it even worth it at this stage in his career? Yeah, I mean... For him, I think I think he definitely still has general interest in it. I really do. I think I think that he. Yeah, I'll agree. Uh, you know, I think that that's something that he wants to do, and that he really is interested in, like building out as a uh, as a follow up trilogy, or as something that 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 he really is is like interested in pursuing in the Star Wars world. But I also know that, like, dude, you know, he is super successful with what he's currently doing. Um, he's he gets to tell stories of his own. He doesn't have to rely on, uh, you know, the boundaries of what storytelling can be done within star Wars. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like that's more appealing, you know, when you have the ability to create your own worlds and to create your own, uh, environments and systems, stuff like that it just does feel a little bit better like it feels a little bit more personal so hey like i congratulations to ryan on his success and you know if we see him back in star wars world that will be awesome if we don't see him back in star wars world then hey you know congratulations to him for his uh continued success so uh yeah i mean honestly this is not really a big deal i don't care one way or another if his trilogy comes out um we we don't even have like it was never even announced like what it was supposed to be other than like, it's going to not be in the same. It, it was one, of it was Wars. one of the funnier pre TLJ buzz things. Cause I, I don't know if anyone remembers pre TLJ. It was, uh, you're about to be baptized again with star Wars. You know what I mean? 
Like there was such positive buzz around TLJ from the critics and, you know, the, the people involved like, oh, my God. And remember, nigga, they gave him the trilogy before fans even saw it because there was so much positive buzz. Ryan Johnson, he's he bucked the formula. He added comedy to it. It's the greatest thing since Empire Strikes Back. Yada, yada, yada. Give him a trilogy. And then the fans see it and everything goes sideways. Like literally, I mean, that is just like in American politics, you can kind of point to 2015-16. You can point in Star Wars to 2017 when the great schism occurred, whether you agree the schism should have occurred or not. Like, listen, you can have opinions about movies, but the way some fans reacted and still react today is just, it, it, it's fucking mind-boggling. Like, get over it, okay? We, we just read some of them on Twitter. Fucking wait till you see some of the comments from our question of the week this week. Hell, Jesus, people took that one and ran with it. And it's like, no, not our sequel trilogy, not more Disney Star Wars. So you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and then just you, you got to wonder, Ryan, with his newfound powers. And, and Nick is right. Like, listen, he's a creative. Creators are always going to want to play in in Star Wars for the most part, especially people like him. So I guess I guess we'll see. But like Nick said. Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? Okay. If it happens now, it happens. someone if it doesn't. It doesn't. Not gonna affect. Yeah, us that, that's in the, the thing. In like the least amount. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the one good thing about Ryan's trilogy. It, it was never named, dated, nothing. So it was just kind of a, you know, puff the magic dragon type of entity. It's not like a rogue squadron, like, uh, you know, Tones is saying down here, where they literally named it, cut fucking promos for it, and then just, like, oh, yeah, fuck, what do you mean? What do you mean, rogue squad? We, uh, we're not doing that. It's, it's you know, we're, not, we're never going to put that out in 2023. You guys are crazy. Why'd you spend all the money to deck out Patty in her fucking orange jumpsuit and take her to a goddamn runway then? Okay, so... Taika's movie, and this is another one. It's just like, I, I feel like Kathleen is just like spinning a wheel in her head and just giving random answers to people that ask her the same questions over and over. And, and I don't feel bad for her because she puts this shit out here and her job is to talk to them. So here's what she said about Taika's movie. Taika is working away. He's just, and he won't get mad at me for saying this, slow. We've got a couple of acts. We need a third. So here is Kathy somewhat uh, attacking <laughs> talent through the press a little bit. Uh, I, I know it's jokey, but I, I what do you think, Nick? If Tyke heard about this or read this, does he roll his eyes at that and go like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever you say, Kathy, whatever you say. Probably says, I am slow. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't see how this is an insult in any way. Like, I don't know if she's, I mean... Like saying that somebody's a slow writer, I mean, that just means that they're very discerning about what they're writing, in my opinion. Like, especially when you're writing long form movie content, it would be kind of weird if you finished a whole movie script in two weeks. Like, like, and well, I agree, but isn't, isn't this like three or four years beyond the announcement at this point now? I have, at least three. I have no, so. like, maybe. I'm not sure. Like, when did it first happen? I'm pretty sure it was like 2020. I think it was this was all pre-COVID when we got these announcements. I mean, maybe so. Uh, I mean, I don't think that he even, like, even if he read it, I don't think that he had any sort of reaction to it. Um, he writes at the pace that he writes. Um, 
Yeah, I, just, I mean, just you know, three plus years. It's it's a little. That's that. I, I would say, yeah, that's definitely slower than normal. I, I think the meat here, though, Nick, is she's revealing that there's something because she's never said that before. She just says, "Oh yeah, Tyke is working on it." But na- now she's saying, "Hey, we've got Act One and Act Two. We yeah. just need to punch it I mean, out." Also, so, same, like Tyke is kind of in the same box as uh, uh, what you call it as. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, where like he he juggles a lot. I mean, we have to just look at in the time between when the movie was announced and now, like what has he come out with? We're we're getting ready to get season five of what they do or what we do in the shadows. That's one of his shows. Um, Season four came out in that interim as well. So he's got like a syndicated TV program that he like helps to write right. and produce. He produces and acts on the pirate uh, on, show uh, on HBO. Yeah, on that on that as well, on uh, Our Flag Means Death. I mean... And and isn't it, Nick, I think he's uh, working on the, is it the Akira yeah. movie right now? Yeah. Or that's mean, one he, he's attached to? Yeah, so like he's, you know, just in terms of like things that he's done a lot, uh, Reservation Dogs, uh, let's see, you know, a lot of, what we do in the shadows reservation dogs was another uh hulu series that he created and wrote 18 episodes of between 2021 and 2022 obviously thor love and thunder he had a he has another hbo show called wellington paranormal that he is also the creator and writer of so i mean taika is is just a very prolific person in terms of like his work um he also act- he must do a lot of cocaine <laughs> it's very possible he also acted in the history of the world part two he was in one episode of history of the world part two if you haven't watched that yet on hulu he does a lot of work on do you think that'll make did you see the announcement nick and and i like talking to you about this because you've been kind of doomsday and disney plus for a minute here but do you see that they're now at least for the first time in the States, Hulu and Disney Plus are becoming one, one app service. and they're going to remove, that's remove a, content. I, I think that's well, they're they're removing content and they're also combining Disney Plus and Hulu into one service, Correct. which I think Correct. that move is highly intelligent. I think that. Well, yeah, because apparently this has been the case in the UK since Disney Plus launched. Like they've always had them combined. Yeah. We have not. We we've had the split. And like, they've slowly. It, and here's the deal on on the content being removed. I think a lot of people are like, what are they going to remove? What? They're probably going to remove shows that have licensed stuff in it, like licensed music, licensed that, because they don't want to fucking pay it anymore. They don't want to pay royalties for. Well, license content or this that and the other thing I, I mean, th- this is the streamers kind of in my opinion trying to make their service profitable because it's clearly wonky at this point in time and potentially thinking of ways to fuck over creators and writers as we've heard about in the strike well i think that like i mean if we go back to when hbo did this the reason that they do it is because they make more money if they license the show. like they're not doing it to like not pay licensing fees for, for like music. Cause I don't, I mean, I think that generally when they license, like when they pay a licensing fee for a show, it's like a one-time fee that lasts X amount of years. What they're doing is they're removing these shows and then they are making other streamers like free streaming services, like Pluto to be free V all of these other like ones like that. They make them pay to put their show on their service. So like when uh, Westworld left HBO Max, it's now streaming on 
the Roku channel or something like that, which is a free service that anybody can sign up for and watch it for free. But Roku is paying whatever, $5 million to HBO to license that show. And that's what, that's what uh, uh, Disney's going to do. Like they're going to take some of these shows that are like, have finished their run and are no longer an active production or, you know, had their series finale or whatever. And they're going to license them out to the Roku channel, to Tubi, to, to Pluto, to all of these other channels. So what if, what if you're a dickhead like Matt or Nick and you've been paying Disney all, all this time, all this money, and you expected that that content was always going to be accessible? What do you do? Then you go sign up for a free account on a different Fuck streaming service. Fuck you, Disney! Uh, no! I can't wait till they start taking the Star Wars movies and shows off. <laughs> Dude, they should, honestly. Like, they're, they're, like here's the thing. If you want to run a profitable business, the best way to do it right now is to license your content to other people because they will pay well, for it. You saw they lost 4 million subs oh, yeah. this I, latest quarter, right? In India, like everyone dropped their Miss Marvel uh, subscription after, you know, yeah, the show. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's how that But the weird works. thing is, I, I think Iger said, even with all the lost subs and whatnot, it, it, it still made $100 million. But they're still looking at ways to to cut money. And I, I think that's what the writers are really getting itchy about. It's like, it, you guys are still fucking raking in the dough. Like, Bob Iger's still going to give himself probably a $10 million bonus, yet they they won't give writers residuals anymore or, or you, you know, pay him for the work and the amount of times yeah. it could be streamed. I mean, you understand what's happening right now is what happened to musicians back at the turn of the century where the the entertainment industry at least moving pictures they're trying to figure out the new model in a in a streaming landscape and it, it took the music industry years many lawsuits to figure that shit out and they're still getting fucked but at least musical artists can go out and tour an actor a writer like you get the one deal and that's it so if you're not getting any residuals and it keeps streaming 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 you are getting a little bit hosed yeah so um i mean honestly like, I, I don't really care about them taking stuff off the service. I know why they're doing it. They're doing it to, to make more money, which that's what all businesses do. They do things to try to make more money. Um, and it's going to, like, whatever they license out is going to end up on a streaming service that you already have or a streaming service that you can sign up for. So Sweet. That's how sign it, me up for one of those apps to see how many streaming services I don't use, but pay for, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, what, I mean, like, I know that, like, I have the Pluto channel downloaded on my Samsung TV because it's totally free. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, probably going to Pluto or one of these other yeah. fucking oddball deals. I'm sticking with YouTube TV. They got the Sunday ticket now, and I can save $100 this season if I stick with them. So why not, right? It's It's just money. Like I said, I buy switch OLEDs like I'm actually going to use them. I mean, I got a fucking Steam Deck. Why did I buy? Fuck. All right. Up next, these are two long lost ones here. Lando and Rogue Squadron. Guess what, Nick? They're not dead. Lando is still on the books and Rogue Squadron is still on the books. We just want them to be great. Okay. So do we. Thank you. Why did you announce them three years ago if they weren't already going to be great? That's what I don't get. Like, yeah! None of this makes sense to me. Okay, moving on. It, it, this this is one where Nick's going to be like visibly like he's probably going to roll his eyes. But I, I just got to explain to him again that most people are stupid. 
And this shit moves the fucking meter, whether we think it should or not. And, and I agree with you, Nick, 100%. The fact that last week it made news that Thrawn is considered the big bad of the Mandoverse really blew my mind. Not from the aspect of Thrawn's the big bad, from the no duh factor, like no shit Sherlock type of stuff. Like who the who the fuck else is gonna be the big bad? <laughs> Especially after this season of the Mandalorian. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people, Nick? <laughs> like, it's like it's like Star Wars fans don't even understand Star Wars anymore or what they see in front of them. Yeah, I mean, I guess they like maybe people just like aren't aren't paying attention. Um you know, like maybe they just haven't like saw. I know that like there has not expressly been anything in the Mandoverse yet that's like uh, other than like Ahsoka in the episode on Corvus when she's fighting against Morgan Elsbeth. Like that's the only drop of Thrawn that we had up until the finale uh, of the Mandalorian season three. So like I know that like people haven't like seen it happen yet. Like it, it they haven't really had it. Uh, put put in front of their face in, in a big way yet, but yeah, I mean that is what's happening. Um, that is what's. Yeah, happening. it's weird. Here, here, here's another quote on Thrawn that should get the Zon boys happy. I mean, they're they're they've already liberally been borrowing from Heir to the Empire all the way back to Bad Batch, as he reminds us here. So here's Dave again on Thrawn. There are a lot of factors, especially in playing with a character like novelist Timothy Zahn's Thrawn. I want to make sure that I'm honoring ideas that Tim had. So I want to see what's in his books for the story, which means I am using notes, copious notes from Heir to the Empire. But it, like I said, they're already starting to do it. They're already starting that they started to kind of flesh out the Thrawn arc way back in Bad Batch. Obviously, we know in Rebels, too. But Floney says in the Bad Batch, there is actually some crossover with the book Heir to the Empire in the military base of Tantus. So there are little things along the way that I've built across different mediums, all in preparation for things that come later. And then, Nick, here's where he goes on. If Thrawn is the big bad of the New Republic era. Definitely, in my eyes, when Timothy Zahn wrote Heir the Empire, Thrawn became this very iconic villain because he was different than anything we'd seen before. He wasn't another helmet-wearing, lightsaber-wielding bad guy, you know? There's a lot of pull to make characters that are like Vader because it's so iconic. But the boldness that Tim had was to make somebody that wasn't like that, that didn't have those abilities, but could fight in a different way. In the words, Star Wars, the war part of it, him being a Grand Admiral, a leader, a military strategist, a Moriarty archetype, someone that will outthink you, outstrategize you, that really resonated. He's a critical player in this time period. We're fortunate to have that character and fortunate to have Lars playing him. Yeah. I think well, that, uh, I mean, it's a good move, I, in my opinion, um, they should just like Filoni should just hire Timothy Zahn as either like D Nick. Do you think that probably already happened? I mean, I would just hope not so. Coming out and saying it, I would hope so. I mean, at the very least, a um, a consultant. Um, so I think, I think it probably has happened. If not, like in an official capacity, then obviously Filoni having very deep conversations with Zahn. Um, because in my opinion, if you're going to make this and you're going to base it off of heir to the empire heavily, 
then you just just have him on the payroll. Just have the guy there with you on set. Have the guy read and review your script and and leave notes. Uh, it, it would almost be, uh, you know, it would almost be irresponsible to to do it without him because he is like. Like Filoni said in that quote, like he created Thrawn, like Thrawn wasn't something that George Lucas came exactly. up to Timothy Zahn exactly. and said like, hey, here's a character that I want you to write about. Like he actually created Thrawn. Um, so to- All right, we got an update here from Bango, Nick, and it's not good. He has watched an interview with Zahn recently and he said he has not been consulted. Yeah, I mean, that's it's disappointing to hear that, honestly, because, you know, as much as Filoni knows about the Star Wars universe, it doesn't seem like he knows uh, as much about the expanded universe, especially the old canon material, considering he said that, like, he's taking notes from Heir to the Empire. doesn't even seem like he's, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure he's read the book, but, like, if your tactic to adapt a character that was written by... uh an author who is actively sitting there and willing to work with you is to just read the book and take notes. Then it's a bad move. I'll just put it that way. Like it's, well, you it's know, stupid. I, I hate to say this, but Lucasfilm, at least with star Wars has not been making the most intelligent moves over the past years. I mean, you know, you and I, we have our spiel on, on the sequel trilogy and the idea to, split each movie amongst writers and directors. That's bad move numero uno that has just fucked Disney in the eyes of a large portion of the fan base since 2015. Uh, so yeah, that, that is fucking crazy, I mean, it's but Hey, disappointing you know, I guess coming if, if from, you're in that, the doors of Lucasfilm, you do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, it's, right? it's, it's disappointing. It's, it's, coming it's our from toy. Filoni. Tim just got to play it. Fuck him. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, I would expect more from Dave, you know, like, Dave is a guy who I yeah. feel like has great reverence for the Star Wars universe, obviously, and, and was kind of, uh, you know, given the, the mantle of creative director, right? Yeah. So. Like, you know, let, let's just hope it's one of these deals where Tim can't talk about it. So that's his cover. But I have a feeling Tim's probably not lying. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where. It would be one thing if like you're you're working with an author who's passed, you're working with an author who's not interested. In, I know. In, in, the in, fucking like, guy's just hanging back. out. Like the like Timothy Zahn. <laughs> Timothy Zahn actually like he wrote the new the new trilogy I was gonna say, within isn't the new he, canon. Didn't he recan yeah, he recanonized Thrawn again. So yeah. Let, let, let's just hope he's not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I I got a comment up here from Bat. I was gonna save it. We actually did know about this bat, uh, but we'll we'll relay it to Nick now. Uh, but a rumor dropped today, Nick, that Dave's movie is literally going to be called Star Wars Heir to the I, Empire. I did <laughs> see that online. I mean, if it is called that, then that's that like, I mean, s- technically Star Wars owns the license to that. But man, would it be a real kick in the nuts to Timothy? To, yeah, to that, that's to a lesson. Like, to- not only are we adapting, essentially adapting your novel, we're stealing, like we're taking the name of it and we're not involving <laughs> you. Like. And, and, and like, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Hey, man, that's capitalism at its fucking finest, I, bro. I, I'm I if they if that is the route that they take and they actually don't involve him, that's totally Filoni's fault. Like, that's 100 percent on him. Like, you are the creative director. You are the writer of this book or this movie. Uh, you're the creative director of uh, of Lucasfilm as a whole. Uh, 
that is your choice to not involve Timothy's on. That's nobody else's choice. Like, do you think that if the creative director and the person who is writing the movie says, Hey, I want to hire this guy as a consultant because he created the character that any executive would be like, no, I don't think you need to do that. No, that's, yeah, no, I got it. That's on, that's on <laughs> I got it. Like I'll read the book. I'll, I'll read the cliff notes. I'll read the Wikipedia even better. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll read the plot summary that some bozo typed up for free on Wikipedia. Yeah. So I, I really do hope that, um, he is involved in some way, shape or form at some point in the development process or the, like the production process. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of disappointing to hear if hey, it is it's, true. It's kind of like how they're handling George with the sequel trilogies. They're like, Oh yeah. Thanks for your notes, George. Go fuck your mom. <laughs> you know, they're like, yeah, whatever, dude, we got it now. Thanks for the notes. Fuck you. I mean, that, that's a story. Go look it up. Like George got a little bent at Bob Iger. Cause Bob had him on the hook. Like, Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll look at your treatments. Not, um, here's a good one from Tones, non-Star Wars, but uh, within the Lucasfilm fan, family, uh, I don't know if this was announced today, Nick, but I'm sure it's in preparation for, for Dial of Destiny, uh, but it looks like the Indy Jones, Indiana Jones movies are hitting Disney Plus starting May 31st. Uh, they have not been on Disney Plus. I actually just had to buy them all, so fuck you, Disney. Thanks for the poor timing. Yeah, that uh, just, that's a little, nice that little PSA. 14 minutes ago. Drop that on. All right. Thank you, Tones. So, I don't know. Okay. I mean, the, the, the Zahn stuff is. Yeah. I mean, listen, listen, we're, we're, it's all, it's all hearsay. We don't know. I mean, we're, it's, this is all alleged shit, but it, it, I hate that I, I, I'm even at this point, but they deserve it. We, you can't really trust Lucasfilm. I'm, I mean, that is like, it's, it's a phrase I never thought I would utter, but I, I know Nick, at least me, I'm at that point. Like, I love them. I'll watch whatever they put out, but until it's out and viewable, I, I'm not going to trust anything they say. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll, uh, you know, believe when things are in production, when there's a release right. date, and when <laughs> right there's when they're spending money, when they're spending real money, and have yeah. like a crew on the fucking ground, then then yeah, sure. But also, like, I've gotten to the point in my life where like I don't really keep up with like announcements anymore about shit. Nor do I really care about them. Like I haven't even watched a, I haven't watched zero trailers for Dial of Destiny. Um, I'm I'm gonna go see the movie when it comes out 100. Uh, Indiana Jones is like one of my favorite movie series of all times. Um, but like I don't have like I'm I'm not a, to the point where I'm like ravenous about like I have to see the trailer as soon as it comes out. I have to keep up with all the stuff. Like I would, I would almost rather just like not see anything and go into the. Yeah, I, I, that's fair. The only thing I'm like that with obviously is star Wars. I, I, I'm never going to be able to fucking shake that type of shit, but that's okay. I'm, I'm proud of my star Wars sickness. All right. So moving on to the Ahsoka series in our, on our whirlwind tour of updating all things, Disney plus, uh, but the Ahsoka cast sat down and talked with Empire 2 and just kind of talked about the ghost family, all right? Which, you know, uh, for those that, you know, are kind of in the know, we all know that Ahsoka is going to be kind of a, a, a light Star Wars Rebel Season 5. 
you know, they skipped a few years, but we're pretty much getting right back to a lot of stuff they're dealing with, with the big thing being Ezra and Thrawn, obviously a major narrative from that series, uh, which will mix in with the New Republic era and some of the stuff we saw in The Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, but here's the cast on the uh, Ghost Family, and, and this is me just doing piss-poor journalism, copy-paste, other people's work. I don't fucking care. All right, so here we go. It's the through line of the show, says Winstead of the Ghost Crew. That'd be Mary Elizabeth, Mrs. Hello there. The strength that they need to get through what they're facing requires them to come back together and redefine that family. So I think, I think Nick, what she's saying there is that you know, when we when we first tune into Ahsoka, you're not going to see the Ghost Crew all hanging out together. They've all kind of gone gone their own ways, which we've we've seen in Mando with with Zeb in the trailers with Sabine and Ahsoka. Everyone is is separated. You know, Hera and Chopper are hanging out doing their thing, probably with their son. And like I said, the other people are across the galaxy. Um, and it, and it sounds like this challenge, which we've kind of talked about how the first part of Ahsoka is more than likely going to be the Ahsokas of the galaxy, the Harris, the Choppers, the Zebs all going to Mon in the new Republic leadership. Like, look, shit's fucked up. We need to like be a little more uh, prepared just in case. Um, and she goes on to say, I like that there isn't any structure to this. There's no boss over them talking about the ghost crew like they don't report to anyone in particular there's no one telling them that they have to do this this is a carryover from rebels these are people who are true believers who have put themselves on the line sacrificed everything to be together and who create this chosen family on this mission that they've decided they need to be on that makes it very special so nick it, it does sound like you know and and we've heard this through rumors that the new republic is essentially going to tell more than likely Ahsoka and, and others, like, fuck off. Take a ticket. We can't help you with your Thrawn concern. So it sounds like that is going to put them in the position to kind of reunite. And I'm not saying go rogue, but as, as Mary's saying here, like, listen, when, they're, when they are the ghost crew, they are operating independently of the New Republic government. They don't have a boss. They don't have to report them on Mothma. They don't have to, you know, like Tiva had to go through and put in requests and wait for the red tape. What Mary's saying, her, Hera, and the rest, they're going to realize, like, all right, this shit's fucked. Our government's fucked. We need to kind of do what we used to do and get shit done without someone telling us what to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing that, I mean, like we saw Tiva try to push through the like the Mando emergency Mando season three and hit red tape. So like, honestly, it's probably best that they're not involved with the New Republic right now, considering that they're kind of in the like the New Republic itself is just in the the heave of like uh of like a new like new government trying to figure things out and, and stuff like that and having like having the ghost crew at their, like under their banner wouldn't actually help them in any way because they're trying to move towards demilitarization. So I, I, I really think that the, the choice to have them kind of under their own banner is a good idea. It gives them a little bit well, more it, freedom. It, yeah. And like Mary's saying, Nick, it, it's going to feel like the fucking rebel series. Cause you gotta remember, I mean, especially season one, 
these people were doing they were they were fighting the empire essentially themselves they weren't a part of phoenix yet they were their own lothal crew i mean that, that's 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 what they did that's what she's saying here these are the true believers they put themselves on the line before when no one else told them to do so so uh, you know without talking in circles i think what mary is saying nick is hey rebels fans yeah this is going to feel very much like what you saw before with the this cast of characters they're they're not they're still not beholden to a a singular being that dictates their actions uh, and then they, they kind of follow up here rosario does follows up on the whole idea like hey if 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 you weren't a fan of star wars rebels what are you going to get out of ahsoka all right so she says um you know, Rebel fans are definitely going to be in for a treat, but newcomers will feel the history through Ahsoka, which is kind of cool. So she says that immediate connection between them is such a strength because you trust that there's a history there. You feel it. For the ones who have been anticipating this story to go on for a long time, they're going to feel really happy. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. uh, I really do hope that, like, Watching Rebels isn't necessarily a requirement for this because if it that, yeah it doesn't sound like it doesn't, yeah. it sounds like they shot it in a way that even an idiot even the person it's like hey who's the who's the bad guy in the, in the New Republic will will get it that these people have a history they the, you know their their past goes way beyond what I'm seeing right now yeah so uh, good move honestly good move so. Uh, what I'm really interested in with Ahsoka is what is the viewer? Because it's another it's another show that's kind of like Andor, where it's based off of pre like it's based off of like specifically based off of a character and its name, but it's based off of previous content. Um and the previous content being uh animated shows, and we know that animated shows don't have nearly the viewership as the live action shows, especially not Rebels, because Rebels was not even uh, released on the Disney. I don't, you know, like it wasn't actively released on Disney plus it was like a, like cable television show. Um, so really interested to see how the viewership for the Mando verse translates over into Ahsoka, given that a lot of people may not even be familiar with the character. If you've only watched live action, you want to, you want to lay down your take. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm going to say it, it's going to be lower than uh, Mandalorian season three. Oh, 100%. It's not. Even and um, lower than Mando season three, higher than Andor. Uh, way lower than Kenobi. I, th I think Kenobi might still have the win because of the, you know, obviously the pedigree of the characters yeah. and that. Uh, I think it's it's definitely going to be in the Andor range. Um, I think, it, yeah, I mean, I, I really do think it's going to kind of be in that Andor range where because of who it's based off of. I mean, and the thing that was helping Andor was Andor had a big-ass movie that made a billion dollars worldwide, and everybody who saw that movie knew who that character was. Right. Uh, people don't have that for a second. People, people have uh, animated. I, I, dude, I honestly think there's going to be some of the solo backlash too, where you know these people that have nothing better to do with their lives are are going to boycott it based on feeling sour over Mando season three. Just, just I just know it. I mean, I know how these people operate. They, you know, eh, I'm done. Well, if you're done, just fucking cancel your sub and get off the goddamn internet and telling us that you're done. All right. 
Thank you. Yeah. So I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be fantastic. I think all of the people that they've hired to play the live action, uh, versions of yes. these characters are great. I just don't think that it's going to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, popular. I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited for it. Um, and I'm going to enjoy it regardless. I know I will. Like I've told you people this before. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fanboy with a capital FB. It just, and, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I like it. You know, this is one thing in life that I just don't automatically feel negative about. So I, I, I get how some of you negative people get through life. I'm, I'm the same way, but not with Star Wars. I'll save the negativity for everything else. You fucking cocksucking Buckeyes are going to suck. The Steelers are going to suck. See, I hate everything I love besides Star Wars. Okay, so, talking about things I love, there was a show back when I was little, TGIF, called Family Matters, okay? I think it ran late 80s to late 90s. It had a good run, I believe almost 10 or 11 seasons. It was a staple on TGIF, and, you know, obviously I'm dating myself. Uh, Unless you're born in the 80s and early 90s, you probably don't even know what TGIF is outside of a potential restaurant or saying (laughs) that drunk people like to utter in the office before happy hour. Uh, But TGIF, when we just had three channels, it was everything. On Friday nights, uh, I forget who was it. ABC was TGIF. Yeah, I think. I think yeah, it doesn't ABC. matter. Either way, right, Nick? Every Friday, as a little kid, you knew eight o'clock TGIF was going to kick off on ABC. That included Full House was the lead, and then after Full House, I believe it was the show we're about to talk about, Family Matters, and then you know Step by Step was in there. I know them all. It's great shit, Sister Sister. You know whatever. But Family Matters was was one of my favorites. I mean, Full House was the number one, obviously, because, you know, I loved uh, Lori Laughlin or whoever she was as a little boy. Obviously, I was creepy and and masturbated to her a few times. And, and then, then, you know, the girls. But I always loved Family Matters. It was this it was a fun show. OK, and, and a show for its time, it was somewhat unique because it was a f- it was a black family on American television, which in the late 80s wasn't really something you were at. Hell, even now, it's not really something you see a lot. But there's a character on there called Urkel, okay? Played by Jaleel White. And any kid in the 80s or 90s knows the name Urkel. They know the character. And I guarantee if you say, hey, Urkel, they'll go, did I do that? Okay? He's just, he's like one of those characters that has etched out a a spot in time right nick like that that's a fair statement like yeah. urkel is a he's a long-lasting tv character that will, will last forever i mean I, I never watched the show but you know gomer pile would be another one you, you just kind of have these oddball characters that stand out and and, and they, they 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 can withstand the test of time so the reason we're talking about a fucking you know many decades canceled friday night television show is Because Jaleel White, the guy that played Urkel, Mr. Did I Do That, revealed during a NHL hockey playoff interview that he's in Skeleton Crew playing a pirate. And Nick, he even revealed that Skeleton Crew is going to drop this November or December. So I don't know if Jaleel White is still alive today or if he was given the green light to reveal that A, he's in the show and B, 
when it's coming out. But he he did drop two big nuggets. So what do you think about that? What do you think about Urkel joining the Star Wars universe as a pirate and skeleton crew? And he did he did mention that he had to do two hours of makeup every day. So oh, I wonder wow. if we'll even be able to tell yeah. it's Jaleel. I was gonna say I wonder if he's gonna be in in like costume or not or in makeup or not. So clearly he's gonna be in some sort of hefty makeup. Um so that's <laughs> that seems like it's gonna be uh, interesting to see if we can pick out his character. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I like it. I think it's cool that, that he's in it. I'm not sure. I know that Jaleel White is one of those actors that, like, after Family Matters, people just kind of lost track of him. I'm not 100% sure what his career has looked like post uh, uh, Family Matters. It seems like, looking right now, um, you got a lot of voice work in here. Uh, and then, you know, not like, honestly, it's just, yeah, like I mean, a lot let, of, let's like, be real. Like all stuff, like most of the kids of that era, you know, they, they probably are, are living a decent life based on their work as a child actor, but they, their career did not extend beyond that. Uh, I think the only one that still has a career and it's because she's gone full batshit crazy is Candace Owens because she does like religious, uh, like Christian Hallmark channel type of shit yeah i mean real i mean she's like fucking puritan level goofy with that stuff now uh yeah i mean so like it's nice to see him i think it's gonna be cool that you know to see him in the series hopefully he plays a character that's not just like kind of in one episode and then out the next um and as for the release window I, i mean as of right now obviously we don't have any confirmation that that's true. I would assume that he knows what he's talking about, though, considering he's being the show. Um, but that kind of fills the void for the end of year TV series because we're yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you got to figure, Nick. If they, I imagine they're going to drop Ahsoka late August, kind of how they did with. Uh, well, hell, they they were supposed to do Andor eight thirty one, but then they pushed it to nine twenty or something like that. Uh, so I'm. I have a feeling Ahsoka will be like last week of August, and then take us what that would get us August, to about September, October. October, yeah, uh, yeah. Eight. I mean, we assume it's going to be an eight to ten episode run because that's usually it is. It is eight for sure. Ahsoka is eight. That's so, guaranteed. You know, if you get to the end, if you get end of August, then you have basically end of October is when it wraps up its run, and then skeleton crew would kick off middle of November. So you'd have like a week or two break before that drops. I mean, falls right in line with what we've seen them do every other year. Um, and then I would assume that, um, we would get skeleton crew carrying us through into 2024. And then your next show after that would probably be the final season of bad batch, bad batch season three. And, yeah, and then you'll get the acolyte later in 24. You should. Yeah, so that's kind of what I see the the lineup being and how how it like plays out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it because of all the shows that are kind of hanging around out there. Uh, Skeleton Crew is still kind of the biggest question mark. We don't really have all that yeah. much detail in terms. Well, of Nick, like- I'm I'm glad you you just kicked us into that segue because we did get a few more details and one glaring detail that I that just completely went over my head, which means it, it's probably over your head too. And it's about Jude Law's character. So we we're we're moving here. We got we got more updates coming from Empire. Now we're going to talk about Acolyte Skeleton Crew. 
Mando season four. And we already told you about Filoni's rumored movie title. But Nick's not wrong. Like, I mean, unless you were at Celebration and, and got to see the closed door stuff with the, you know, the um, limited footage that they showed a skeleton crew. There, there's not much to know about outside the Jew Law. Jude Law is one of the stars as well as, uh, you know, like three or four kid actors. I forget all their names. Who cares? Sorry to their parents. But Nick, the one thing before we even get into it that I, I just completely missed and, and maybe you picked it up. But did you know that Jude Law is playing a Jedi? No. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I that, think hey, actually, welcome I to think the club. <laughs> we may have. I think we actually may have mentioned that in one of the shows, but like, just completely slipped. Yeah, I, I, at one point we're like, yeah, I think he's gonna be, a, or I was, I think he's gonna be a teacher or whatever. But but no, he's he's a fucking Jedi. Like that that's confirmed. That is dead nuts. That's not a leak. It that's out in the wild. And and I guess some of the footage that people got to see at Celebration, you could see him using the Force. So. A, fail on me. You know what I mean? Like, like big time fail on Matt. I, I, don't, I don't know how I missed that because I, I like to consider myself a scholar of Star Wars news and, and doings. But B, Jude in this article, Nick, kind of goes in and informs us on, on how he plays this Jedi. And I kind of like his take. And I think it could result in a very unique force user i mean they're calling him a jedi but i don't know who the fuck knows it isn't it funny like how all these jedi just kind of pop up these days and yeah we were told I, I, by I, obi-wan I, kenobi that they are essentially eliminated outside of him and yoda i saw something hey, about uh <laughs> I, I think it came out shortly after celebration where it was like now we've gotten to the point to where star wars has an order problem because order yeah, 66 i mean let, let, like seriously Ka- if you Kyle have Kestis. 50 jedi alive Right. What, 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 How could why? they not? Like, why didn't they band together? Yeah. Why didn't they band together? Yeah, I mean, exactly. But, but, but whatever. I mean, that, that's just the problem when George tells the middle of a story, then goes back 20 years later and, and tries to fill shit in. But you're, you're 100% right. And, and some, a lot of the times now, Nick, it's not even George, it's other creators that are playing in his now sold sandbox. It's like, oh, yeah, fuck, he's a Jedi, you're a Jedi, they're a Jedi. I mean, real quick, we got, we got Cal, Kanan, Ezra, all the Inquisitors. Were Jedi that became Jedi for 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 fun, right? So the ninth sister, uh, the Grand Inquisitor. I mean, you got uh, Balin and and Shin. We're we're assuming they were Jedi or or Force users somehow. Uh, We got Jude Law's character. Okay, who else? Grogu. Grogu. Any more? Like I mean, (laughs) Kenobi Jedi floating around outside of Kenobi and Yoda, like. Uh, I mean, Keller. Oh, well, um, shithead. The guy that, yeah, the, no, the guy that uh, was in Kenobi that showed up to tell him that, hey, we need to do something. The Inquisitor coming. He was a Jedi, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot about I forget that. his I name. He's played by one of the Softy brothers. I, I forget the yeah. character's name, but. He gets asked. Yeah, so there's another Jedi. Yeah. It's like, the, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it, it seems like there was enough out there to at least, like, come together and hey you may not be able to take down the whole galaxy or like retake at least join the goddamn rebel alliance you fucking losers you know they're all sitting around oh i feel so sorry for myself you know you you almost got i I know a lot of people don't like ryan's treatment of luke and and i wasn't a fan either not so much that luke exiled himself but the way luke treated ray and then the way luke was like no i'm not doing shit but the idea that Luke shut down and quit makes complete sense to me because that's what his mentors did when they failed. So whatever, but it is, 
it, it's just getting fucking goofy with, with all these yeah. Jedi survivors. I mean, why? How why successful not team up? Why was, not join the rebellion? Yeah, I know. Cause it's like at this point, it's, you have so many of them who are confirmed out there, but like none of like none of them thought to reach out to the others. None to of Luke, them- to fucking Luke. Like like what, what what's this Jude Law character doing? Not hanging out with Luke fucking Skywalker at this Espe- point. In time? Yeah, I mean like especially once you get to the Mandoverse timeline, and it's like okay, well, all like the 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 good you guys don't have, have to hide from the again. Empire. Yeah, like <laughs> like the good the good oh, guys. Well. I, are I know we're, we're I know we're. We're we're getting goofy and we're we're starting to split apart science fiction, but that, that that's my point. Sometimes when you know people get worked up, it's just like deep breath, calm down. It's not real. It is just kind of silly though, based on some of the guardrails George built, and now what the new creators are doing. They're like, yeah, fuck it. Everyone has force powers. I do have a feeling, or I at least hope that if if Jedi Survivor gets a sequel, that they figure out something for Cal. Uh, I, I I still not I still don't love him or respect him that much, Nick. But I am he has grown on me through Survivor. I haven't beaten it yet, but I am I am slogging through it. it, it I, I'm not gonna lie, I do enjoy it. I really love the story, man. They really loop in the High Republic in a way that finally has me excited about that era. I just I'm never gonna get over the gameplay. And the other thing that really irks me that I forgot about with this franchise is way too much fucking platforming. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm not playing a fucking Super Mario game. All right, bro. There are sequences where I'm not shitting you. It might be 30 or 45 seconds of straight wall running, uh, flying through the air, grappling shit, this, that and the other thing. If you miss one move, guess what? You got to redo that whole fucking circuit and, and that type of gameplay. Again, this ain't me bitching or I suck. That's just bad gameplay. All right. Get the fuck out of here with that stuff. All right. Make me jump a little bit. I don't I don't need 30 second long fucking tests of my quick reflexes anymore. He's not Superman, okay? Jedi couldn't fly the last time I checked respawn. Okay, let's get to Jude's character here because I, I kind of dig this. Alright. Uh, but first, Jude kind of talks about the the tone of the series and how sometimes he would have to use his acting skills as an adult to kind of get the kids. Not necessarily in line, but to realize like, hey, I know this is fun, but we do kind of have to be serious. The tone is not just going to be all kid friendly. Uh, Nick, the the overarching message I think they're trying to get out about Skeleton Crew is like, yeah, while this is an Amblin type of movie, it's not just it's not for kids. Because even then, even the E.T.'s or the Goonies, you know, there there was there was adult stories in there and, and, and whatnot. And the kids were really put in the peril. So. I don't want to scare anyone to think that this is going to be like, you know, rated E Disney Star Wars, but it is kid centric. So anyways, Jude's like, I'd get all serious and they'd be looking around thinking, "Uh oh, is Jude in a bad mood? But it was setting the tone. This is really serious. We're at risk. Of course, what's wonderful about children is they believe. So it sounds like Jude was helping his young co-stars to kind of feel that the the risky tone that the... Uh, you know, Watts and, and the creators have tried to infuse into Skeleton Crew's adventure. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I think in this instance, the, the quotes are pretty funny. Like, thinking that Jude is actually mad. It's, it also just, like, goes back to the fact that, like, kids are kids. 
Yeah, yeah, no, um, that, that's what I mean. But he, here's the good one, dude. This is the one that gets me excited about Juge Jedi character. So, you know, before he goes into a quote, he explained to the interviewer, like, listen, my favorite character is Han Solo. And I tried to incorporate that into my Jedi. So um, Jude goes, I hope so. What I wanted to imbue was the humor and the sardonic nature of Solo. The slight tone of, oh, this is all rubbish, but what am I doing here? I think that's a very Star Wars thing. The lovely irony that someone in it is a little throwaway about the whole thing. And I'm trying to think, have we... Have we ran into a force user that you would say kind of reminds you about Han Solo up until this point? I just off the top of my head thinking real quickly, I can't think of one. But have you come across any in, in, in legends or readings or is, does this sound like a new type of somewhat loose, maybe fast and loose Jedi character? I mean, yes, in a certain way, you could kind of say like it, not in terms of like his his demeanor but like in terms of his thoughts on the process of training jedi and stuff like that you could think of qui-gon where it's like yeah like they're kind of they have their way but like i have my own way of thinking about things i'm going to train you in my own way in terms of how he was training obi-wan kenobi um you could look at it that way in terms of like a a slapsticky like uh kind of Roguish type Jedi, similar to Solo. Would, would Kyle fit? Would Katarn fit? Or I mean, no. I guess. But the thing with Kyle Katarn is like he pops. I'm up. going there just because he had a blaster, so yeah. I'm stupid. I'm like yeah. blaster lightsaber kind of. I mean, I guess like he pops up at a time where like there was no traditional take on like Jedi because that was like when the 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 Jedi, you know, like post they, like he, his character pops up like post. ROTJ when the when the uh you know Luke right. was trying to I mean, rebuild. He starts working with Luke. Yeah, like he's like Luke's trying to rebuild the Jedi Order and stuff like that. But like he was of like traditional Jedi who were like trained under the Jedi Order. I can't think of any. I mean, you know, Jaden Core was uh like you're the character that you played as in uh Jedi Academy, which I guess has like some personality traits that are some. So it, I mean, it is sounding like we could be getting a somewhat new style of Jedi in Jude Law's character. Is that a fair statement? Then I, I would say so. Uh, if, like he, if, he, if he truly is going to, you know, as he says, the the humor and the sardonic nature of Han. If he can get that into a Force user. I think that would be very refreshing and unique. I mean, I just I can't think of another. Also, there really hasn't been Jedi that are kind of loosey goosey. I'm interested to see if like what they mean by Jedi, because that's kind of something that we uh, like. Yeah, I get like, right. Is is like, he is just it, a light side? Yeah. Is he uh, you know a, a an unaligned force user like everyone else post Return of the Jedi? Because I mean, is I, Luke like, considered an unaligned force user at this point? Like, I don't, I don't know. think that like. I, I think we also have to realize that in like media, like they're not going to say like in media that they'll like use terms that people are more familiar with. So maybe they're using Jedi in like a loose term to be like, yeah, he's like a good guy who's a force user. Um, I wonder yeah, if, I, I, if he's been I can't trained. answer that. I mean, yeah, like I think he he would he used the term Jedi himself, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that makes that much of a difference yeah i mean like what what would be interesting but you, you is like, have a point i mean he he could even if he is jedi 
we have not had a traditionally trained Jedi for 30 or 40 years, right? Even yeah. Luke wasn't a traditionally trained Jedi, so he pro- he would be different. Yeah. Unless like you're thinking that he he was uh, you know with them maybe as a a padawan and survived like yeah, Rogu like he and was Cal one of the, and Kanan. Yeah, okay, one of the yeah. younglings or something like that. Uh, or one of the, like an early age Padawan that survived and then, has you know, honestly, based on Jude's age, he would have to be right, Nick. He would, he would have had to have been a Jedi during the time yeah. of the Republic, I would think. Yeah. Cause Jude Law's in what, like his mid forties. So if he's playing, maybe oh, dude, I'm, I'm going to be 43. I, I would think Jude's pushing damn near 50, if not in his Yeah. 50s. He was born in 72. So he's 51. So if he's playing yeah. a character at that age, then yeah, he was a he was in the it, Jedi. It, listen, he he doesn't look his age. I mean, yeah. he's he's a beautiful man, but yeah, I, I'm starting to talk myself into he probably who the fuck know like we don't know because the 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 rules of Order sixty six and 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 Jedi posted have become so flexible. Like who who the fuck knows? Yeah. So knows? Uh, I mean, yeah that 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 that's what is so hard to track about this. It's like okay, well, there's a Force user after. In in like the Mandoverse timeline, it's like okay, now is this a Force user that was a, a, around when Order sixty six right. happened? Was Do they wear Jedi? robes? Was like what? Like do what? they have braids? Yeah. Can they fuck people? There's, you know, it's like what, what are so we talking about here? Questions and stipulations <laughs> now, but uh, I would assume that he is a on a line, or he was a Jedi during, or like a Jedi Padawan during the time of. Uh, the grand so record. we'll just say he's kind of like Ahsoka at yeah. this point, yeah. right? Kind never, of. like, she never even became a fucking Jedi, like, never even made it out of Padawan and just became a light side force user, aka unaligned on the light, I guess. Um, Jude had one last thing to say about the his character's dynamic, so the Jedi or whatever the fuck we're calling them, the force eye, his his dynamic with the young kids, they need guidance, but they're vulnerable. And so throughout the people they meet, you question all of them. Is my character nice? Is he not? You just want them to be all right and get back home. But if you know John and Chris's work, you'll know that the kids aren't always safe. Sounds like a fucking teacher. So, like the reason that we said that this guy is a teacher is because he is described exactly as a teacher, except he well, can here's, use the force. <laughs> I kind of cut some of this out, but it, it does sound like the kids are on a planet and, and I'm thinking Navarro and the planet's nothing special. And like a lot of kids, they want adventure. So it sounds like to me, like they, they probably sneak a parent ship, a local ship and, and they get out and they get lost and then they run into Jude. That That's my spin on things. I don't think Jude is getting lost with them. I think he runs into them as they're lost. Yeah. I mean, it could be for sure. Like he could be like sent out there. I mean, yeah, he could be like a commissioned like person to go get this ship that has this kid on these kids right. on it. Yeah, because because he's, you know, Nick, at least the way I'm reading it, he's kind of saying like when when they meet him, they need guidance, they need guidance, but they're vulnerable. So is Jude's character nice or not? They don't really know. Um, but us as fans, we're, we're, we're you know, we're not going to know either. So all we're going to want, if the storytelling is done correctly, is for the kids to be okay. And it sounds like this Jude character, this Han Solo Jedi is, is going to be the one good person they may run into. And hopefully he guides them back to wherever they need to go. All right. 
so we got some acolyte stuff, and I'm not gonna lie. The, I I think the acolyte for all the stuff that's on the horizon, this is probably the most interesting one to me because it's the most unique. I mean, we're we're talking as Leslie Headland herself, the showrunner, is calling it, Kill Bill meets Frozen, and I can fucking get down with that. All right, uh, I, I enjoy both movies. Frozen mostly through my daughter and having to watch it five thousand times when she was little. But, you know, if you if you understand the story of Frozen, it's Elsa's essentially bad, right? She is the antagonist in that movie. And and that's kind of what Leslie wanted the acolyte to be to for the for the quote unquote bad side to be looked at as the as the heroes almost, you know, kind of through a different lens. So that's how Leslie pitched it to Kathy. And she's like, listen, it's, it is sort of a joke, but it was my elevator pitch to Kathy. I want to take that revisionist version of female villains that you see in a fairy tale media and tell it through that lens. That's very similar to the Maleficent movies. Those. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. And they're both good. I, I, I enjoyed yeah. both of them. Where, you know, you are kind of watching, as we know, the Star Wars fans that Sith aren't great. <laughs> But it sounds like the way that Leslie's going to be writing their story that we actually will be possibly at times cheering for them or going, yeah, all right, we can we can kind of see their motivations and why I they're mean, doing what they do. For lack of a better term, it's like it's 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 a very Star Wars thing. It's looking at things through their point of view. I mean, that's the whole fucking thing at the end of, uh, you know, what you call it, at the end of ROTJ when, when Luke is sitting down on the log talking to ghost Obi-Wan and he's like, well, I did tell you the truth from a certain point of view. Like everything is point of view driven. Like even at the end of episode three, it's like, well, you know, when Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting, it's like, that's your point of view. My point of view is different. And now we get to see, and what we've all, what I've been asking for since my new empire, yeah, like since what, I, like, it's what I've been asking for since Star since Star Wars got bought by Disney. It's like give us a show that shows us the point of view of the villain, like yeah, to, to give us the inside look at that. You know, obviously, if you get an inside look at Palpatine, probably not going to be much of a difference from the outside look at Palpatine because he is just evil, rotten to his core. And I think we've come and he operated in the open. I mean, yeah. we as fans pretty much got to see his his full master yeah. plan outside of killing Plagueis from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, but. To see, like, you know, to see the point of view side of Darth Vader would be interesting. And then to see the point of view side of these High Republic uh, villains is also going to be interesting. Because it's like, okay, everybody has something that they're fighting for and the reason that they're fighting for it. So, like, why don't we show us that? Like, let, let us kind of judge the the character of these players in the galaxy for our own, for ourselves instead of us being told how we're supposed to feel about them. So I think it, that could be a very interesting take on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like I said, man, I mean, this is what I'm most intrigued by. I mean, you know me, I'm going to love the Mandos, the Ahsokas and whatnot, but that's, that's all established. We, we more or less know how those stories are going to play out and, and we know what they're beholden to in the sequels. Um, and sure, you could say for Acolyte, we, it's somewhat beholden to Phantom 80 to 100 years beyond it, but that that's a huge timeline, much more than the 38 years Mandoverse is covering almost three times. Uh, so it, it's going to be fantastic. And, and it gets even better here on her second quote, where, Nick, she was kind of discussing on 
how the series is going to look to answer how the Sith infiltrated the Republic without anyone noticing. And she says, a lot of Jedi will be investigating a series of mysterious crimes. So that's cool. You're essentially going to have like a, a Jedi CSI uh, unit playing out, uh, which I'm, I'm excited to, you know, hey, I'm sure something's going to happen. They're all going to be huddled around like, hey, what's this? What's this? All right. You, the council decides this, that and the other thing. We're going to get to see Jedi in their heyday and their prime kind of going out to to figure out what this what's going on, Nick. And I have a, I have a, I have a feeling most of them are going to be reluctant to admit that it could be the dark side rising. We know that they 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 keep that hubris intact all the way through the fall of the Republic with with Yoda's time at the head and Mace Windu. But it's just, it, 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 I think it's going to be really rad to see these kind of regal Jedi, yeah. prime Jedi, out and about trying to hunt down this mysterious threat. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I remember from the initial kind of salvo of information about um, the Acolyte, them saying that there were going to be like, you know, essentially like Jedi Rangers who were like far ranging out into unexplored space. And that's where they run into some of the, these mysteries that they have to investigate. And then that there, you know, there's other teams of Jedi who are exploring like the, the, uh, uh, like the outer rim and hanging out around there and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that is going to be really interesting to see Jedi really in a way that we haven't seen them before, like actually out there in the galaxy investigating and not necessarily just, Completely embroiled, pontificating, and, and sitting around, and like <laughs> force visions are bad. <sighs> yeah, so I'm down for that, and it, and it gets better here. I I really dig this mantra that Leslie went with here, and you know she's describing the series as a mystery thriller that's going to mirror our own world, and I, I kind of want to parse this one out because I, I I dig where she's coming from, and I can't wait to see this kind of play out in Star Wars. All right. So she says, when you're doing something completely original like we are, you want to question the status quo of the era that you live in. What I think is so interesting right now is that everybody thinks they're right. Okay. So what she's saying is, and she is correct. We live in a society, especially here in the States, where even factual information can't convince some people to admit that they're not right. That's a fucking problem for human society. It's only going to get worse, and we're probably going to have our own downfall soon. But if we think about it in fantasy land, Nick, I think what she's, she's probably telling us is like, listen, you're finally going to get the perspective of the Sith, and you're going to hear why they did the things that they did, because they do truly think they are right and the Jedi are wrong. And it sounds like we're going to get way more of that dynamic than we would have gotten in the originals, the prequels and the sequels, because it was it was so lopsided. It was, you know, the the two and then the the Jedi or the hiding and then the Jedi. The Jedi were always kind of the focus. So now we're going to get it. You know, we saw how the Jedi thought they were right and they weren't. Now we're going to get to see how the Sith thought they were right and they were more or less. Right. Because they. Whatever they're thinking at this point in time, Nick, it leads to success. What, 120 years down the yeah, down the it's line? Pretty shortly after this. Uh like yeah, like I think they said it was High Republic is like I, I guess I should, should finish back. this. Uh the Jedi really think they're right, and George tells us that they're wrong in Phantom. 
they missed a huge aspect of the dark side rising. That just felt like fertile ground to look into what's going on for all of us right now. So that's awesome. I mean, we're, we're going to see how this, the, the, this order, be it Sith acolytes or actual Sith, did their thing and got their claws into the Republic 80 years before Sidious even began his ploy, his plot to take over the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going to be really cool to see essentially like the, the, the shadows of the galaxy and, and what really goes on in, in those places where right. we don't get to see look a lot. Um, yeah. Do you wonder, Nick, like, like, I mean, I guess there's potential, especially for some of the alien races in the Senate that, that live longer lifelines, but I wonder if they, you know, like fold in a known character, a name character that that fans would be like, oh, whatever. And, and like they we get to see that even in the in the Senate, the Sith had a presence way back when. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like they're like in leagues with, with senators. Sort of like, or, yeah, yeah. yeah like, something like that. Yeah, like I, that. I think so. I mean, I think that would make sense to start like planting the seeds, like starting to like uh open inroads for potential infiltration into the higher ranks of the government uh, in later years. Obviously we know that happens with Palpatine taking over as chancellor. Um, Other characters that we should see, I mean, like I don't see a reason why we wouldn't see Yoda in this show unless they're intentional trying to keep him out of it. That, that would be a pretty hardcore intention because you would think 80 years out, he he's more than likely already grandmaster sitting at the, the head of the table. Yeah. He's at the very least he's on the council, if not already in like, Fuck yeah. well, yeah, dude, I can tell you right now I'm reading the Yoda comic and people interested in that stuff. Don't forget. We do comic quick caps on uh, youtube.com slash star Wars time show. I'm going through the Yoda series right now. It's actually pretty decent, but yeah, Nick, he he's on the council even 200 years yeah. Before so, the Phantom Menace. So like I, I, I have to imagine that we would see and that that was, you know, that was kind of the the fatal flaw for for Yoda is just like not being open to the idea that the Sith could rise again. And I yes. feel like he's still going to be hit a the nail on the head. Yeah. Like he's going to be a staunch proponent of that as well. Like he. Oh, like yeah. He's going to like. While all this is going on, he's probably going to be one of the voices on the council that's just like, yeah, it's it's not the Sith. It could be the Nihil, which is a group of, you know, kind of right. like semi-force-sensitive marauders that are that are bandying about the galaxy at the time of the Acolyte and the High Republic. Like, he'll place blame elsewhere, but he will essentially just continue to miss the big picture of what's happening. He does. I mean, it's really, like, as much as you love Yoda, he completely... F- fucked up like he did not read the room this comic's doing a great job of showing how many times he missed the signs i mean there's one story nick where he's training some padawans and the wookie padawan is having visions about a transdotion padawan and you know yoda envisions he's like ah, oh, they're bullshit don't you know get them out of your head they they could lead to fear and that leads to anger that leads to you know hate and then suffering so on and so forth where dooku black haired dooku's like hey man you, you sure about this like Look how bad we did Sifo Dias with visions. Now he's like gone crazy, and we all know that they should have listened to Sifo Dias, but they didn't because Yoda is a he's a anti vision so much so it cost him his order and the Republic. So Nick's right. I mean, we should see some of Yoda's follies, but he is he he's going to come off probably even more 
I hate to say this about the guy, but arrogant, at least in terms of his belief in the force and the Jedi and how all, everything works. Like he, he just refuses to see anything that the force does not show him right in front of his fucking eyes. Okay. I like this quote. I am going to give those of you that have problems with wokeness of warning. Okay. Don't get triggered here. This is real life. Just listen to it. But here's Leslie on keeping the focus on female villains. When I was a young queer girl, I was just hanging out with Ursula the Sea Witch from Little Mermaid. As a queer girl growing up, if you don't identify with the heroes and the villains show up and they're all queer coded, you're like, yes, that's me. As a queer filmmaker, you're going to see some camp, inevitably, but I would say that tonally our references are darker. So I like that. She's essentially saying like, look, based on the way I grew up, because I was a, a, a gay girl, most of the characters I could ever identify with were the villains. So that's why my passion is to make this from the perspective of a, a um, female villain. So I'm all for that type of shit. Um, all right, and then we got cast updates here. Is Nick still alive? Yep, yeah, he's I'm still, still here. Alive. I thought <laughs> I froze. All right, so th- th- I'll just kind of go through some of these. Some of these we, we know a bit, so I'll skip through those. Others we got some insights on on the named cast that showed up at Celebration. Uh, just remember that the core crux of the show, it's going to revolve around a former Padawan, which is Amandla, and her Jedi Master, which is uh, Lee Jung Jae. So th- they're going to reunite to hopefully go solve some of these mysteries and you know remember nick we we talked about this before what does former padawan mean does has she left the order seems like she left the order or she or is she a knight and she's just reuniting with her master we don't know but it would be interesting to say a former padawan if she's still actively in the jedi order as a knight so yeah, right, yes. Yeah. So it, it sounds verdict. like she she left, but who the fuck knows? Okay. All right, Charlie Barnett. He's also playing a Jedi. That's uh, one of the dudes from Leslie's show on Netflix that I am forgetting right now with uh, that Natasha lady. What's it called? Do you remember that show? Russian Doll. Yeah, Russian Dolls. All right. Then Daphne Keene. You know, we all know as Weapon, what, Weapon X-23. Yeah, and then if you watch X-23. His Dark Materials, she's Lear in that. Uh, this is cool. So Daphne Keene is playing a half-alien, half-human, bi-species Jedi Thielen. If you don't know what a Thielen is, I'm, gl- I'm glad Leslie reminded me in, here, in her quote. Or um, a Thielen is go to Return of the Jedi Special Edition, Jabba's Palace, Boba Fett, and the girl he's flirting with. That's a Thielen. So okay. that is the type of character Daphne's playing, but she's going to be a, a Jedi. So that's pretty uh, unique. Daphne herself describes this character as David Bowie meets Star Wars. She's got a <laughs> mullet and horns. It's cute. Digging it. Uh, Rebecca Henderson is playing Vernestra Rowe. I'm guessing that, that must be a known, or known character in High Republic because I don't fucking know who that is. Dean Charles Chapman is a Jedi with great hair. We all know uh, Eunice is playing that Wookiee Jedi, so we know that. Carrie Moss is also said to be playing a Jedi, and apparently she used the Force at the footage shown at Celebration. 
Jodie Turner-Smith confirms that her character has a decent midichlorian count. She does use the Force, but she's not Jedi or Sith. So here we go with one of these fucking unaligned people. And then uh, the good place is Manny Jacinto is playing just a regular guy, trying to have a good time, who gets swept up into the High Republic world and the Jedi, whether he likes it or not. So he's kind of our... I guess, Nick, you could argue would be like the, the Chewbacca Han Solo, the, the not really looking for a galactic adventure, but gets pulled on one through circumstance. Yeah. And then um, finally, if you can get a visual reference on a manless character and, and hopefully in my head that it shows up the way my head's drawing this because this could be great. But uh, Leslie is describing Stenberg's character as Joan of Arc meets Gogo Yubari. If you don't remember Gogo, she is the little girl from Kill Bill that has that fucking mace ball in that crazy, you know, fight scene where like 88 dudes get killed. Um, so a, a mix of Joan and Gogo. And uh, she's going to have clay rolled dreadlocks. I mean, th- this this could be a very visually engaging interesting unique looking character and i can't wait to get the first look but i just think about that clay like really dirty looking dreadlocks uh joan of arcs i don't know like it, nick do you think like she's got like some sort of mail on or, or armor type yeah, like maybe some armor uh or like then- the joan of arc from bill and ted where you know she's got like her her yoga pants on after <laughs> going to the exercise class but then the go-go, so like, is you know, is her weapon going to be like one of those ball and chain types of deals? I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting sounding if character. Uh her use like a light whip or something like that, because that's right weapon that we never really, I don't think, well, definitely we haven't seen it in live action. I think we may have seen a light whip in animated somewhere. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think that like getting outside of the single, like I have one lightsaber, like mixing up the 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 weapons a little bit especially in a high republic time when it was just like a free for all jedi were were at the peak of their power there was they they were experimenting with different things they were ranging into the galaxy and all this different stuff i think that uh it would be cool to see some new sort of force user weapons outside of just like here is a a regular light yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue Quinlan kind of had the the dreadlock look, but so far we've only seen him in animation, so Stenberg is going to get the first crack at that. All right, and then the last little update from this mega post, and, and this is another, like, no shitter, but it was dropping a lot, getting a little hot today. Uh, but according to Deadline, Nick, it, it, they're thinking Mando Season 4 may now be delayed after all due to the WGA strike. Uh, but the show really wasn't even scheduled to start filming until September, October. So I guess there's wiggle room. I'm assuming Disney was kind of preparing for a strike. You would think all these studios were. I mean, they're not yeah. stupid. I mean, they, they knew they knew where they were. They knew they weren't going to give the writers what they wanted. So yeah, like the negotiations apparently had been happening for a while. So they already knew that like, yeah, right. there's probably going to be a strike anyway. But it, 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 it could get delayed. I mean, I, I sadly, and, and I felt this way after this season, I don't think we'll get Mando season four until 25. 
Yeah, if which, if at the early, I mean, like at this point, it, it won't even hit. It it won't be ready for like December twenty four release at this point. If if there's a delay it, in it, production it, in total, it, correct. I, if they could actually start shooting in September, they'd probably wrap February March of twenty four, and then you could argue that they'd have enough post to get it done for fall twenty four. But if production gets pushed to late 23, early 24, no, no shot in hell. It just ain't happening. Yeah. And I mean, who sucks? It it just, I don't know, man. I mean, I know COVID kind of fucked everything up because yeah, remember season one and two were bang, bang. And and I believe that was their cadence was bang, bang, bang. This was going to be an annual show, but COVID happened. That fucked up the, the logistics of producing this type of shit. And now it does feel like we're we're stuck in this new streaming window of uh, a year and a half or more. And yeah. Star Wars is the only one doing it. I mean, Game of Thrones, we're going to have to wait a year and a half. Lord of the Rings, we're going to have to wait a year and a half, more than likely. So it just sucks. We're impatient assholes. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, it, it'll take as long as it takes. I mean, the, the writer's strike is going to be interesting because... I don't know how motivated the the streamers are and the studios are to resolve it, uh, which is which could mean. I that don't think they're motivated at all. I, I haven't heard any. It doesn't sound like they're even having negotiations actively. I mean, I think at this point, uh, like it's really going to take the actors to strike too, like. Like, I, I don't know. And I, I've seen actors out there, like pictures of the picket lines and stuff like that. And like, there are like, you know, SAG is is like standing with the, the writers and stuff as well. I just don't know, like what it's going to take to really move the needle from the studios to make it happen, because it seems like they're they're really content to just be like, fuck it, we'll just make reality TV. Like, <laughs> well, or they could like the one thing the writers are upset about. They, I mean, they can go to these large language models now and be like, "Hey, fucking script out a, a pilot for me." Yeah, right, I mean, it'll they do could, it. They could it'll definitely do it. do it. They could try and see if 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 it hits. And you if you can are make right. A popular show, but because I, I I've seen I've seen some people on Insta like calling like, "All right, SAG, it's time to." Because I guess I, I don't know if the directors guild has stopped working i know tony gilroy was kind of shamed and he he stopped working on andor last week uh, but you are right it is going to take the the talent i mean not that writers aren't talent but you can technically still work after the writer's job is done yeah and that's what the writers are like hey listen we need all of you to just fucking stop shut these productions down so the studios are bleeding money yeah that's the only thing that's going to get them to move when they're like Hey, the you, you see the budget on you know fuckface two? We're, we're spending this money and no one is working today, so maybe we should go talk to the writers and get this shit resolved. So I mean, I I hope it happens quickly because if if it doesn't, then we're gonna get into a situation where uh, we may not see TV or you know Mandalorian season four. Yeah. We may not see. Big It'll be back shows. to what with the. Wow. Oh, oh, 09, 2010, where, when everything came back and was broken, Heroes was broken, Lost was broken because they lost so much time and, you know, seasons got shortened because of the strike and it just, it, it destroyed all those narratives and it'll happen again. Yeah. Like it, it, writing is an art and AI, you know, whatever, I appreciate it, but the shit, it's dangerous. It's dangerous for artists across the board. There's no doubt about it. 
All right, my man, it's that time of the episode to change gears, slow things down a little bit, not get as angry because it is the Star Wars Time Show's fan segment time. That's right. How many times can we say time? Times at times a thousand. But we do it every week. One of the only podcasts out there to dedicate and honor our fans on a weekly basis with their own segments. We give you two chances to get involved. The first being the question of the week, which gets posted to... Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Look for the prompt in our stories and the comment section and reply. Today, um, I, it moved the meter. It does seem like if I can put up stuff where there's any ounce of controversy, Nick, the algos are right. All right, meat bags, tear each other apart. Go. Now you can see this. Air your grievances. So this week's question as we prepare to switch gears was... Do you think we will actually get a Star Wars movie in 2025 or will there there be a longer wait? So let me uh, get this pulled up real quick. All right. Goodbye, browser. Hello, Slack. Hello, Slack. Okay. I I think we had, nope, no story once. So Nick, just get right into it. Uh, This one here is from Pixel Rope. He says, I... Yes, I think they are going to make that one happen. And with the D-plus changes, perhaps some of the series get consolidated into a film and those get pushed to cinemas as well. Uh, So he's... He's he's positive. Pixel's a positive. He's a glass half full type of fan. Yeah. uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'll read all the the responses and I'll give my take after. Yeah, you, you always can provide your own opinion uh thank the maker pod says difficult to oh, look see at this other podcast yeah. chime in other, other podcast jumping in he says these guys are see. actually i think somewhat big because they're they're in like some fucking star wars band or something i, I don't i forget the name of the oh, mosh icely nice. that's like an event they do whatever there you go thank, thank the maker pod there's always in motion is the future so go to some go to speak from playing uh, playing star wars smart assery with us all right fair enough pod. Eco.collect says, absolutely not Lucasfilm in shambles, sadly. And this is coming from a 30-year fan, so he doesn't think it's going to happen. Uh, that makes sense. We, we've, we've featured Kiko before. He's another toy photographer, and yeah. it, it did see a few... Let's just say Kiko, not a huge fan of The Mandalorian anymore. We'll leave it at that. Well, seems like a lot of people aren't. Uh, right. A-I-T-S-P underscore podcast another podcast alone in the south passage podcast says can't wait to see some new material but i'm happy to wait as long as (laughs) that's a great name actually needed to make sure it is ready i really hope they're not putting targeted release slots ahead of quality i don't think there is a targeted release slot honestly they like they 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 don't have it's 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 like you know it's the generic schedule that studio has to put out and it's like tba star wars that's about it yeah but uh, I do like that. The, the, you know, that reference, Alone in the South Passage, isn't that to, you know, Hoff? Like uh, you had the, the princess and Han, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess, sure. yeah I, I guess that didn't even connect with me until you said something. But yeah, that is a good uh, I don't oh, think we, a lot. I, I, I think that most people wouldn't get it. <laughs> like, All right. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a... I'm a I'm a weirdo. But here, Bat saying Mosh Isley is just an emo based Star Wars party hosted by Nick from Bayside, which I don't know. Bayside a band? Sure. 
He says Bayside, which, uh, yeah. which is a band. I'm uh, fucking stupid as shit. He says from Bayside, which is a band. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, I can read. Don't worry. Go ahead. <laughs> and then the drunk Wookiee says, I think we get one. The Ray movie has been in development since last year, and the release wouldn't be until 2025, December 2025 anyway. That's still two and a half years away with three and a half years production time. Gives them plenty of time to start getting sets, costumes, props started while the WGA strike is going on. Um, yeah, so I mean, my thought on this is, um, 2025, it would have, it would definitely have to be a December release. And I imagine that they're going to stick with December releases now for star Wars after, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It, that's what I would do if I was running Lucasfilm and I saw of the movies that were released. Uh, but the only Nick, one. you don't want to bump star Wars for Mary Poppins too. Uh, I mean, in December, I, the one time Remember, that's what happened to solo everyone <laughs> solo Bob Iger's like yeah we'll we'll force Ron's team to eat shit and we're gonna dump this thing out in May instead of December yeah. when we should have because yeah. of Mary Poppins too I think that that was a bad idea so I I would stick with December releases given that every movie that we released that we released in December made a billion dollars literally that's not a joke they they all literally made a billion dollars um so I would stick with the December release cadence. The movie that's closest, kind of drunk Wookiee nailed it, which is the 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 continuation movie from uh, Rise of Skywalker. So the the film that will feature Ray as the main character. Um, given what we know about it, and given that they they seem like they have a like at least a general story outline ready to go, um, seems like they could get that done in two and a half years. Um, and I mean, the, the biggest thing right now is again, like how long is this writer strike going to go? If this writer strike goes yeah. on until the end of this year, which fucking cross your fingers, it doesn't, then it's going to throw everything into a fucking disaster. 100%. 100%. I, I'm, I think if they can get this thing resolved, maybe even by the end of summer, we could get, and I'm, I'm with drunk Wookie here. I think if we get any, it's the Ray movie. That's yeah. the one that has, we had the most legit rumors about. It sounds like it's been in development at least since last summer. Yeah. I mean, the um, problem with that know, development process is it's completely fucking scrapped now. Trash. Because yeah. they have so to I, rewrite I was the whole there thing. <laughs> right. There, and the key word there was right. right. Yeah. Because they brought in Stephen Knight to kind of pick up the slack for where Damon and his partner left off. And that happened, what, like a, a week or yeah, two say, before the, the strike? So. Yeah, I mean, as far as we know, like it literally happened less than a month ago. So, um, and if if it is true that they're rewriting this uh, from, like, if they're rewriting it from the perspective of 10 years after uh, Rise of Skywalker 15. and not 60, then you have to rewrite the whole thing. Like, yeah. so... <laughs> Probably I'm I'm gonna go with that. I'll answer my own question. No, we're not getting a Star Wars movie in 2025. Yeah, so I mean, it sucks that this is all going on, but hey, if if this doesn't get um if this doesn't get resolved, then you're gonna have your Star Wars movies written by Chad GPT, and you may have exactly. just complete nonsense happening. Well, I mean, you know what that means, Nick? You just Tune in to us, Scoundrels of the New Republic, yeah. and you can hear young Nick's writing yeah, in Star you can Wars. Hear, you right? can there hear you go. My writing uh, of uh, so, a all, new all summer Star long. If, if we're not getting new Star Wars content, 
Nick will be writing new episodes for us to play through. So mm. tune in. You heard the tease here first. Take us to the bank. <laughs> new Star Wars content all summer long on the Star Wars Time Show. YouTube.com at Star Wars Time Show. Here we go. Uh, All right, buddy. It's time for the top five. Let's get him going here. Looking at some good looking art. We do this every week after the question of the week and the way to get involved here again. It's it's through Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Anything you want to share that's Star Wars related. We do a lot of toy photography, but we'll take real ass paint, traditional art. You know, we used to throw it out there. Poo sculptures, whatever you want to do, as long as it's tied to Star Wars. We'll look at it if you do add tag Star Wars Time Show and use hashtag Star Wars Time Show throughout the week. We'll feature this content on the page. And then Nick picks his five favorite to be discussed on Tuesdays during the live stream. YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. 5 p. East. All right, Nick. So who do we got this week? To kick off the top five this week. Start with at sentimental underscore scoundrel, and he's got an awesome shot. I mean, it's like a semi-scene recreation from ESB with Vader and all of his cronies walking into the the ice caves and Hoth to go take out the remaining people uh, from the rebellion who hadn't gotten out yet via their ships. Uh, I mean, it's an awesome. It's just an awesome shot all around. The diorama that he used. Uh, for the ice cave is amazing. All of the snow troopers in the background in their big badass boss, uh, Darth Vader up there in the front looking as menacing as always. Yeah. It's like they're, they're doing like their hero pose lineup, yeah. except they're, they're bad guys. Yeah, they're, and it, they doing. could flex here because the, the empire and just what maybe you know, what three or four ad ats, a couple chicken walkers and like maybe one platoon of ground troops routed the rebels at Hoth. So yeah. they, they, they should be, you know, setting up their selfie sticks or setting up the mm-hmm. tripod and taking a little hero pose at the end of their conquest. Definitely. So good stuff here from at sentimental underscore scoundrel. Next up is our good buddy at sir dot dork, our D and D player our i know long time that, that, that's that son of a b didn't even join up today hell linda's not even here today what's going on this week cool. you know people you're not going to see these made for radio faces next for the next two weeks come on this is where we're at you got to get it when you can uh but hey this shot here from from jared from it's sir great. dork great <laughs> uh i guess you would call this this is like a lucasfilm mashup you have indiana jones and uh, it's a little C-3PO action here, except it's a, it's kind of, I mean, it's not really a scene recreation, but it's a scene reimagining from yes. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when Indy Correct. is doing the the switch, the idol switch for the, the bag of sand, except right now, instead of an idol, it is C-3PO's head on this rock, and he also has the bag of sand ready, so he's figuring it out. He's like, hmm, he's way roughly the same amount. Um I, I love it's the a, shot. It's, it's a perfect crossover. It's perfect crossover. I mean, come on. It, everyone knows it. Unless you were grown up when you saw Indiana Jones, you were like, that's Han Solo. I mean, my my kid to this day still looks at Indiana Jones and thinks he's Han Solo. I, I was the same way. So Jared was right. You could definitely mash, mash in Indiana Jones into the Star Wars universe or vice versa and choosing Goldenrod's head as the idol was, was just the chair. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think so. they, they even did it like in an official capacity in Raiders, like in Raiders, if you look at the Ark of the Covenant, 
and like the inscriptions that are on the Ark that are like carved into it, there you can see C-3PO and R2-D2 carved into the Ark itself. So. <laughs> well, that, that's George for you, yeah. right? I mean, th- these are George stories, correct? Yeah. They're just Steve, Steve directed. I think, yeah, it was definitely like a collaboration between George and Steve and, uh, to create the story for Indiana Jones. So he definitely had his, uh, his hand in it. But it's, it's a George baby. Like it comes from him and Lucasfilm. So yeah. makes sense. So good Lucasfilm family mashup here from at sir.dork on the Instagram. Make sure to go give him a follow. Getting closer to 10K rebuilding his account, Jared is. So help him out if you haven't refollowed. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Uh, next up here, I mean, this is just like a, a piece of art. Fantastic shot here <laughs> from... fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, this is from Ad Visual Approach Photo. And Visual Approach is, is one of our favorites here on the Star Wars Time Show for sure. And it's for shots like this. What we see here is the interior of... Uh, a an X-wing hangar, I believe. I mean, like it's kind of hard to tell here, but I I think this may be Yavin. I'm not sure if there are snow-capped mountains on Yavin. I do know that there are mountains on Yavin. Um, yeah, not that it even matters. I mean, it's just it literally. Nick, the only thing that's not practical or real in this shot, the background, are those mountains. And even then, it's it's going to be a printed landscape of real life. It's not yeah. even it's not even a, a, a digirama like we've seen some of the community use. It just, I mean, which which Sean has done here with this practical hangar base? It is ILM level model creation quality. Oh, I yeah. mean, th- th- this is this is something you could use in a Star Wars series or movie yeah. as a as a set, a miniature set. Absolutely. I mean, the level of detail that visual approach goes into here is absolutely insane. I mean, you have scaffolding hanging from the rafters. You have extra carry, rocky like, walls. I yeah. mean, Christ, the, the like, rocky walls, just like the the. That, that's the thing, Nick. It, it's not even. Like, it's not even just a hangar. It's a hangar built into a fucking mountain. Yeah. So, so you get a, you get all those different textures and whatnot. Exactly. I mean, it's definitely Yavin, and I mean, he like visual approach. John just went above and beyond the call with this shot to really make this feel as true to life as possible. Uh, that's why we love his stuff because he always has this level of authenticity and like, just like grounded in, in like the real universe feel to it. So uh, if you haven't already followed uh, at visual underscore approach, underscore photo on Instagram, make sure to do it right now. Guys, top notch. And uh, deserves all the follows. Uh, so beautiful work there. Next up in the top five. I'm glad you picked this one. This is a fun shot here. I, I really I fucking love this, this shot, even though it's 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 kind of simple and basic. But that's what I love about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, what what we have here is from at Oz underscore toy photography. And it's a very kind of like 80s retro synth vibe with the coloration. So you have like like neon blues and pinks. And you see one of the modal nodes leaning up against a wall, playing his, I don't know what the name of the instrument is. I know that they have names, but I can't think of it now. But the instruments it that- look, It looks like a bassoon. Yeah, it right? kind Isn't of looks bassoon, like, a, like a real one life of our, bassoon. Our- yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't even fucking know how I know that. But you are right. It does look like a real life bassoon. But it, what we just see is just like this, this modal node off to the side, leaning against the wall, playing his Star Wars bassoon in what looks like 
a club with a neon lit background. And just like the level of detail that Oz toy photography goes into here is awesome. You can see that this is in the, the Mandoverse timeline because there's a picture of like a wanted poster of Grogu right there on the wall. Uh, the graffiti along the, uh, the, the door right next to the primary character is awesome and well executed. The, the little miniatures that were made to set dress are all, like just fit so perfectly in the universe. Just like, Really well thought out shot and, and perfectly yeah. executed. I, I just, to me, man, like this just felt like a living shot. Like I, I, I could see this, this dude, is it figuring Dan? Who knows? But it's like he, I, I could see him busking in one of the streets of Coruscant. Like that, that's what this feels like to me. One of the lower levels of Coruscant, kind of like we've been seeing in Mando season three. You got one of the nodes out there trying to make a, a an extra buck. It just, like I said, it's it, it's simple, but it it checks that box of, of of being alive and telling a story without the images moving. I mean, it's it does a really fantastic job. So at Oz underscore Toy Photography, make sure to give them a follow for cool shots. Uh, and finally, to close out our top five is. A new uh, Lego, excuse me, a new Lego photographer that we've never featured before. This is at macro underscore brick underscore. And he gives us a few amazing shots of Adats crawling their way through uh, a forest, through a dense forest, through rain. And as you scroll through these shots, man, I mean... The, it's fucking epic, isn't it? <laughs> they really are just like, it's just truly an epic scene that he's built. These adats that are just roving through this, this forested area during a storm. They look menacing. The final shot, I don't know why it like reminds me of this, but it, it definitely brings me back to like Jurassic Park 2, Lost World's Jurassic Park, where like the two... Uh, the two T Rexes like come out of the forest and like flank around. Yeah, dude, that, it's uh, just it, that the, the whatever the sense of scale. Yeah. that Macro has achieved here is ridiculous by using these little miniature trees and and having the Lego adats right next to them. I mean, you truly feel like these these uh Lego walkers are just as big as you saw them on yeah. the battlefield during the Battle of Hoth. Powering I mean, it, it looks. Figures. It looks dead nuts on scale wise. Like these look like one to one Lego ad ads, and it's it's very impressive. And you are right on on that on the last shot. It's just like it's the perspective macro got here. I don't I don't know if that's a wide angle lens, you know, because it it does feel like it's even wider than a typical landscape shot. Yeah, but it's just the, the sense of scale is what did it for me. And then obviously the atmosphere mixed in with oh, the, yeah. the, I mean, the like smoke the and rain. The atmosphere masking the two other adats that are hard to like the one that are in between that's in between the two. And then yep. there's one mm-hmm. all the way off to the right hand side of the photo. That's kind of like a little bit washed out by the sun or the, 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 the light source. Uh, I mean, it's just like, I saw this and I was like, Oh my God, this is it's fucking crazy. crazy. Like, like if you, if you, if this was your planet and you saw this coming at your village, you would just go, yeah, we fucking yeah. lost. We're, it's over. We're like, fucked. let's, let's go. Yeah. No um, use in fighting these motherfuckers. Yeah. So beautiful um, great stuff, stuff here at macro underscore brick underscore with the absolutely killer ad at Lego shot to close out our top five for this week. 
Hey guys, we said we we're going to try to keep it to two hours. We're right around that mark. So, uh, that's the end of our show for this week. So, so Matt, why don't you close us out? All right. Thanks kiddos. That's right. We are done. One of the quicker ones this year, but that happens, right? If you've, if you've only been with us as we're breaking down shows, things are going to get a little more tight throughout the summer, but don't fear not. Ahsoka will be here in August and we will have our Star Wars Diary of the Mouth back to break those things down for you. But hopefully you enjoyed today. You learned something. You had some fun. You never know. That's why there's always time for Star Wars time, and we we need you to remember that. Spread the word. Bring a friend. The best way to do that is to let them know about StarWarsTime.net. That's our home base on the internet where you can find all of our goodies, the stuff you need to be in the know with the Star Wars Time show. You can get subbed up to the podcast platforms, which we are on plenty of them. If you do so, we just ask you to leave a rating and review. If you're watching us right now on YouTube, we do it every Tuesday, 5 p. East, at Star Wars Time Show. All we ask you, instead of giving us some money, pumping quarters into our slots, we just need you to click the like, leave a comment, share, clip, do what you got to do. We don't charge admission. We just ask for your loyalty, and we ask for your help in expanding the brand. Let's keep it up. It's always time for Star Wars time. Don't forget, you're not going to hear from us. You're not going to see us live for the next two weeks, but we are not dead. I didn't kill Nick, and my wife didn't kill me. We're just going to take a break. Nick's going to be in his, his new digs when we come back on the air. He's going to have his internet so he can actually uh, talk and do stuff online. And I'll hopefully be a, a slightly darker white than I am now when I get back from the coast. But we'll miss you. Just remember, we're always here. Don't forget to check the channels. I'm sure my dumbass, even on vacation, will be dropping stuff on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So, at Star Wars Time, showing all those bad boys. Watch the D&D right, specials. That's right. Nick is right. Thank you for the reminder. So, next week on Tuesday uh, or Wednesday, I hope to unlock the YouTube version of Star Wars Time Show's Scoundrels of the New Republic, a D&D special, Chapter 1. The Toydarian. You like that? We're doing it like the Mandalorian. So now you got to guess, what does that mean? I don't know. That's the point of a tease. And then the week after that, because we love all you and we don't want you to forget about us, that's really what it is. We're going to drop the prequel, Chapter Zero, The Escape. Write it down, my friends. Write it down. All right, everyone. It's been real. We love you. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Don't leave us. We'll be out there. I'll see you in Discord. Link in Instagram. All right. There's always time for Star Wars time. And if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always.